Race fans, it's time for those most famous words in motorsports. again for race 22 radio race 22 radio in-depth coverage of all your favorite short track racing action from all perspectives with your host race 22.com founder mr langley austin i'm not here to make a record you dumb cracker they broadcast me out on the radio Featuring Performance Center Racing Warehouse President, Mr. Roger Johnson. Don't you want to leave the taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. No. Race, 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 22 Radio. So sit back, buckle up, and hang on. Race 22 Radio is coming right at you at full throttle. And now your host, Mr. Langley Austin. All right, guys, we're live here on Race 22 Radio, uh, live from Performance Center uh, Racing Warehouse in the PRW Chassis uh, studio. Make sure everybody can hear me here, uh, dialing up our uh, headsets here, having getting a little bit of stuff out of line. Out of line here, we had to hook up some more uh, microphones because we got uh, more guests this week. But uh, uh, tonight we're going to do a roundtable discussion um, with some of the smartest guys or dumbest guys, depending on how y'all look at that. You know, I know people ain't, ain't too fond of uh, tech men these days. Um, but uh, we're going to talk uh, with these guys here in a few minutes. Got uh, my sidekick here, uh, Roger Johnson. Got him on the new mic, so maybe we'll be able yeah, to hear I'm him not, this week. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. We'll see. Well, I can hear you just fine. That's so. good. I guess that's could a, be a positive or a negative, depending <laughs> on who you are. Well, yeah. Uh, it depends on if you talk like, you know, you normally do, you know, off the show or on the show. No, I'm, I'm trying to be better. I'm mean, trying to be better every day. We uh we want as much of the good stuff as we can get. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best to give you some more of that. Man, it's uh getting getting kind of empty in here in the performance center. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's super good. I mean, I don't know if anybody was in the Toys R Us clearance when they closed down, but that's what this looks like in here. I mean, we <laughs> we've sold everything that wasn't bolted down, strapped down, whatever. We have no hardly any parts right now. It's just uh, we need a little break. Try to get things built back up. It's been a good winter. We've been blessed to have everything that we have. Yeah, I mean, I think you've only got, what, three cars here to work on right now? Yeah, we got to get Zeke Shell's car out of here to keep them happy over there. <laughs> right. right. They, they just messaged on Facebook. That was great. We'll, uh, we're getting a clip on it, and a couple other cars. Uh, still got a couple new ones to build yet that we're working on. But other than that, I mean, ready to get into this. I'm, I'm, this is a somber group. It's different than our <laughs> normal group here. Usually everybody's acting foolish and having a good time. And what, what's been interesting to to me is this, I've kind of stayed in the background. Huh? This is a somber group. This, these guys are serious. There's well, not a lot of go- screwing around going on here. And, and I'm not calling them old, but you have age and experience here versus, you know, the guys we've had on here previously. Yeah, good, so. good point. Good point. I just, uh, uh, I can't wait to get into this. I'm, I'm real interested in some of the knowledge that people can gain from this, what, what, what they've seen happen in the past. I don't, I don't think anybody's here to, to drive a stake in anybody's heart, but I, I think there's 
definitely a good platform for each one of these guys to to give their experience to it that, that normally you probably wouldn't get a chance to talk to on a daily basis about about what tech things they go through, what what their thoughts are on some of the rules. I think sometimes we get confused. You know, Kilby and I have had our go-rounds, and sometimes you get confused over the fact that he's just trying to represent his racetrack or his employer or, or the sport in the way that he's been given guidelines to represent it. I, right. I think sometimes we take it personally against them, and it and, and, and needs not be that way. And when they all show up in this room, it gives you a chance to be able to see that it doesn't have to be that way. Absolutely. Well, we'll get to them here in just a moment. And the news and notes this week, NASCAR clarifies a spindle rule, which I know will be a hot topic at this table. Uh, table for four, please. Uh, for the one-piece spindles, they clarified the rule on that. NASCAR also clarified the valve job rule on the Harrington Enforcer engine, so I know that'll be a hot topic as well. Uh, other news, Cars Tour tri- Tour Cars Tour Touring 12. Line, who wrote Easy this? for you to say. <laughs> the uh, the Touring 12 lineup has been announced. New entries for this year, Mini Terrell. I'm looking forward to seeing him racing the whole lot uh, this year with the Cars Tour. That's, a, that's an impressive young man, as all of these guys are. Adam, is it Lemke? Yeah, Lemke. Okay. Lemke yeah. Um, Trevor Ward, looking forward to see him. Really expect a lot out of him. Deke McCaskill, Justin Carroll, really excited about him. Returning from last year of that 12, Josh Berry. Uh, Brandon Pierce, Bobby McCarty, Craig Moore, Lane Riggs, Ronald Hill. We need to get him on here. And Bradley McCaskill. And in other news, to round out the news this afternoon, let's see. How about... Happy birthday to you. You live in a zoo. You look like a monkey. Like one, two, two. <laughs> and that was happy birthday, Miss Renee Hackett. Happy birthday, Renee. Guys, back to you. Wow, I really don't wow. know how to follow that I, one up. Yeah, I got nothing. I mean, you, wow. Um, Out of I, all the times we've done this, I haven't. We, we've gone off the rails, kind of, but I don't know that we've went off the rails. Like yeah. I don't. Hey, that that wasn't as bad as the DUI joke. Good, okay. good point. I mean, point. okay, the, nobody got, got that. Got to give him credit there. Do we have to bring that up? <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, wow, uh, you know, I don't. E- I don't even know what to say. Follow that up. I'm. I'm sorry that these guys have to follow that up, but yep. uh, <clears throat> we'll get them. Uh joined in here in just a second. I want to introduce all of them individually and uh, go through that, but first off, uh, what did you make, Roger, of uh, the spindle clarification? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I, I don't... We talked about this before a little bit. That's why he set me up right here, which is fine. I, I'm, I'm ready for this one. I'm, I'm proud of NASCAR in a way. Um, everybody wants to talk crap and wants to talk whatever, but I'm going to tell you that Langley and I talked about this before the show and the interesting part is nascar did what they've done for years the difference is that we have a social media platform now that allows everybody to say how they're going to beat this how they're going to do this how they're going to do that and what i find completely intriguing about this is this whole sport was built on people not telling everybody how smart they were and not showing all their cards and i know it still goes on but i'm intrigued how people are going to crap on them for at least doing the racer's job. I think everybody's rules have gotten, and rules is a bad word to use, but I think everybody's job has gotten construed. The racers want to run the racetracks. The racetracks want to run the racer. NASCAR wants to be NASCAR, which they should be. 
And if we maybe go back to the model where it did all work, where NASCAR was them and they made a rule, and then it was our job as racers to try to figure out how to beat that rule and to not tell everybody how stupid it was, because if we were really beating that rule, we wanted them to leave it. We didn't want them to know that there was a weakness in that rule. And now today I can't figure out. It's just a different generation of racer. The racer wants everybody to know, including me, including whoever, everybody wants their respect that they that right. they think that they should get or hopefully someday achieve. I just don't understand why. Yes, there's a hundred different versions. Yes, it's not going to be clarified exactly correct. But we do know way more than we knew a week ago. So... I'm appreciative that they put some kind of effort forth to come out with something. It didn't. It didn't meet everybody's criteria. Everybody wasn't happy with it. Not everybody was sad with it either. And I think we we rely on them to give us rules. So let them give us a rule, and then as racers, go to work, go to work and figure out the ways that we can beat it. That's how this sport has been working for years and years and years. Right. Do, do you think that rule actually clarified anything? Did that tell you anything you didn't already know? I'm not the normal guy. I get way more information than everybody else does. Right. And I don't think it necessarily gave complete clarification to everybody. But they're, they're, I think they're treading lightly to see where they should step. After you've stepped in it, and you know you've stepped in it, which Bush and I were talking about before this, all Martinsville last year was was the fact that they had a test and exam and they did not study. That's it. Right. They went into a test. I tell my son this every day. If you go into a test without studying, as soon as that test starts, you're beat. You better hope you can save all the face you can save and hope C is the correct answer that day. But if you do the work before you go in there, the test is actually the easiest part. And I think NASCAR got exposed. And they got exposed because they have a lot going on. And like every business, they're trying to operate at the smallest amount of capital they can to keep it be the most profitable. And I think they know that. So I applaud them coming out with something. Even if it's not what meets the masses and everybody wants, something is better than nothing. At least it's a written area that we, we now as racers can work on operating inside. Gotcha. All right. That's the way it's been forever. There's a lot of... Anybody can chime in at any point. I know you want to introduce them, right. but and I want you to introduce them. But is that not how this game has? There's a lot of years right. of experience at this table. Isn't that how this game has always been played? They come out with a rule, we trigger, try to figure out how to beat that rule, or play within it to the most amount that we can. Because every one of you are racers in some point, right? right? You're just wearing a different hat today. So I don't understand where it cross collateralized because that's the foundation once again that the sport was built on. Why we go on social and just completely shit on whatever they did right that's not how it's ever worked well before we go down through there with them let's uh, introduce them i'm gonna go right to left here uh we got scott kilby former hickory motor speedway uh tech director i'm not sure exact job title but uh, go ahead and tell us uh, tell us about yourself and your history and racing and all that uh well <clears throat> i grew up you hear me okay yeah i can hear you fine i can't it's echoing in my in my ear so i didn't know uh yeah, hear race twenty two's equipment. Who knows? That, that's fine. Just as long as we, <laughs> as long as we're good, I'll I'll keep talking. So, uh, grew up on a dirt tracks, so Wilkes County, North Carolina, and and then finally we made the transition to Hickory, and you know, uh, basically started with nothing and built what we had, and finally got a little bit of sponsorship and was able to run good for for several years at Hickory and won several races and and uh, and a couple of championships. Uh, 
won the ARA Touring Championship back in 2001, and mm -hmm. and uh, won a couple big the big late mall races at Wilkesboro. That's probably the big hey hey for for us, yeah. you know. Back in '94, '96, won both those big races against all the guys that came down from Virginia, like we used to say. And yeah, uh, then then went on to. Um, uh, run a couple bush races and all pro series and a few odds and ends before I come back to run the ARA deal. But uh, but then kind of got out of it, drove other people's stuff for a little while, uh, and then uh, you know it's in your blood. So right. over at Hickory one night, and Kevin Piercy walked up to me and asked me if if I'd be interested in working for the racetrack and helping. And I actually ended started as race director mm -hmm. at Hickory and. Race directed one year, then moved down to the tech shed and uh, had the opportunity to, you know, that, that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to yeah. be around the racers. Uh, and uh, so I was headed up to tech, I believe it was for about four years, uh, you know, worked the big Martinsville races and mm -hmm. uh, Southern National and stuff. So uh, seen seen a lot, been on both sides of the fence per se. So right. it's been a good experience. I've been real fortunate to have the opportunities I've had and, and be able to race and race competitive there for, for several years. So. Gotcha. All right, next up we got uh, David Lightning. That's what most of you would know him by, Saunders, um, who is the Cars Tour uh, tech man currently, and I believe he's also the tech man at uh, Southern National, I believe. Um, yes, and um, I still help Dominion in South Boston. Um, I've been in racing for 30-some years with Carl Long, Scott Riggs, Danny Willis, um, all the way up to... <clears throat> I don't know, 10 years ago, I got offered a job at South Boston, and uh, I was head tech there, then I went to Caraway, and was there for three or four years, and been, this is my second year with the Cars Tour. Gotcha. Uh, th then we've got uh, Kenny Hundley, former NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series uh, competition director, I believe, director of competition, however they put that. Uh, yeah. Tell us about yourself. Well, I'm 56 years old, and I've been racing for 56 years. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> there it is right there. <clears throat> my dad, my first memories as a child was sitting in my mama's lap at the King Sports Speedway in the grandstands watching my dad run a modified on dirt. So uh, after he quit that, uh, King Sports Speedway went to pavement. Uh, they asked my dad to run the racetrack, and but well, you know I done everything. I picked the trash up, sold the tickets, <laughs> took the tickets up, worked the concession stands. I've, the joke was that I've done everything at the racetrack except be a flagman. I've never done that, so we'll have to make that happen. Yeah. Sometime. maybe we'll make that happen sometime. Sure. So uh, after that, he. Uh, he went to work for uh, Kenny Childers, a coal miner, and uh, we run for the Lake Mall Sportsman National Championships four years. It was two with LD and two with Butch Lindley. We won them. The coal miner decided he wanted to go cup racing. So at that point in time, I was uh, just graduating out of high school, and uh, I went to work for him. Donnie Allison was driving the car. I went to work for him. I, I graduated high school on Friday one night, whatever it was, uh, next morning I got up and went to Bluefield, West Virginia, climbed in a van, and we went to Riverside, California. It was my first first show. So, awesome. So I worked there several years. Another little another little tidbit there, he, he, uh, he hired me at $150 a week. I think that's important for people to know. That's awesome. Yes. Well, I, I mean. Yeah, but 
when we got back from, we went to Riverside, we changed the car over, we went to Michigan, then we come home, so we was gone for about a month. When I got my first paycheck, it was $350 a week. And I said, what's this? And he said, well, I hired a sweeper and I've got a fabricator. And I said, well, okay, that's great, here we go. So uh, that after that, uh, we went to uh, Worked for the coal miner for them several years, ever up to uh, 81, I guess. Uh, had a little time off. Went to uh, Morgan McClure in 84, I guess it was. Tony Glover called me and said, uh, I need some help up here. Come help me. So I went to work for Morgan McClure for several years. During all this time, when I was 16 years old, I was a volunteer fireman. So I got married. Well, I worked at Morgan McClure, and I got uh, had a kid on the way, and I decided, well, I'm going to change up here a little bit. My racing was my profession, and firefighting was my hobby, so then I turned around, and I became a fireman. Went to work for the city of Kingsport, and I started racing as a hobby. It was a good deal. I worked three days a week. Got the That's work, great. I worked three days a week, so I got plenty of time to race. I think... Uh, we built a we built a first late model stock car for for the Ford place up home. Got Scott Blunkles to drive it. It was a, so that was the first thing I'd ever seen a coilover car. I always worked on Big Springs. We uh, and this on and on through the years. Uh, we got to helping different guys that come to us, come to my dad and want us to help him learn. To, got Nate Monteith and took him as a kid. Uh, Keith Stiltner raced against Scott. Mm. He kicked her tail pretty regular. Uh, 98, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, they decided to, uh, I didn't have any advantages, so I started working on shocks. I said, that's the next step. So mm -hmm. I've been building shocks ever since. Uh, I went on to uh, been the crew chief for Henderson Motorsports Pro Cup team for several, several years. Crew chief for a while on their, on their truck. Then uh, went to work for NASCAR, and uh, that's where I'm at now. Now I'm, that's 30 years as a fireman, now I'm retired and doing the honeydew list. <laughs> <laughs> that's All awesome. Right. All right, and then uh, finally we've got... Uh, Mike Bushy over here. Um, we don't. We haven't really decided what he does. He's a legend. We, we're man. not really sure. That, that's funny, right there. He does a little bit of everything. <laughs> I don't know if I can top what Kenny just said right there, but my early memories of racing was I I was born up north in Massachusetts, and I grew up down here, so I've been galvanized, as you would say. That's why I don't have an accent from up there. But anyhow. My dad started racing when I was little. He raced snowmobiles on Lake Champlain, New York, and I remember that well. And then we moved from there. He started racing cars at Lebanon Valley Speedway. Uh, he finished third in his first race and won his second race he ever ran. So after that, we moved down south, and we started racing back in the 80s at Wilson County Speedway, Wake County Speedway. Everywhere on the East Coast, you know, we would run. I uh, helped Urban Reesby for a long time. Uh, he was like another father to me. I grew up, I grew up with kind of like two or three different dads, you know, through racing and, and 
and got several jobs building race cars. I worked for Joe Walters at Phase 2 when they were in business for a long time. And uh, went from there in 2005, Kirk Leon bought Southern National. And this was my first time as a, as a tech man. I was, uh, I was helping Kim Shaver back then, and Charlie Lamb, they, they had the racetrack. They was going out. Charlie was leaving. He helped me a lot, you know, to get going in the tech side, and Kim Shaver did. Well, me and Kim were going to work together the following season, and Kim got sick. And uh, it left me doing all the classes pretty much the whole next season by myself. So I got I learned pretty well then, you know, how to, to work around the tech business and how it was going to be. And from there on, I worked Southern National until they closed. And then when Mike Diaz opened it back up in 2012, I worked with Mike then. Um, but I worked with the Mass Series uh, with Ron Barfield for the last four or five years and, and done several other stuff with NASCAR. It was the Cars Tour. Uh, tech director for the, for two years until uh, David come on board, and after that I've been on and off working for several different things with Diaz at Southern National and with Ron still because my son races. We race the limited late model and we're trying to get him back going again. I've kind of put him off for a long time, but now is he's got more of my attention than anything in racing right now. I still do a lot of it. I I still res respect. It. You know, a lot of the officials that I've met along the way, and if it wasn't for them, you know, I probably wouldn't be in it right now still. So what's your official job title for this year? Crew chief. Crew chief. Yep. Crew chief. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I guess uh, now that everybody's introduced and you guys are kind of familiar with the uh, voices out there uh, for everybody listening, uh, we can dive on in to uh, some, of the, uh, some of the topics of the night. Um Obviously, um, obviously, the biggest topic here lately has been spindles. So, uh, I'd like to you know get you guys take whoever wants to go first can can start or nobody. Ain't, ain't nobody like this. go with I'll it. I think you should go with it. Here, yeah, so, you uh, should yeah. dive right in. Anyway, uh, you know, I I guess I kind of uh, hadn't been on the tech side this year, this past year. So uh, I kind of I guess step back and take a look. Sure. At, look at what's going on or whatever. But you know, it's. You know, Roger alluded to it. The whole sport is built about, or built around, just getting better, making things better. The rules are try to are in place to try to control costs, mainly for safety purposes. But anytime a rule comes out, people's going to try to make that uh, either it's a gray area. They're going to take whatever it is, whether it's a carburetor, a spindle, or whatever, and get all they can get out of it. So. Uh, it's NASCAR's job, and I'm gonna say NASCAR because really they're the they're the king daddy that sure. that, that places direction right. is uh, steps in and tries to control these costs. So, you know, from my perspective, I I think them stepping in and trying to uh, control that is a good thing. Now, I think it's evolved from from uh, from bump stops, and and Ro Roger knows way more than this, and these guys do too, probably than me, because I've been a little bit out of it, but. Uh, from the flexing of the spindles and one thing mm -hmm. or another, and, and the, I, I've seen some of the fabricated ones break over the years. And uh, you see a car keep losing camber or gaining camber, you know the spindle's fixing to give way. But uh, but I think NASCAR had stepped in and you know, and I think they needed to and say, hey, we've got to control the cost on this stuff. We're pricing yep. everybody out of business, and and I think they've done that. Now I'm probably going to step on some toes here, but I hope so. Uh, but, <laughs> but 
This whole, in my opinion, the whole spindle controversy could put, be put to rest in, in a phone call. Mm-hmm. And that is if cars would get on board with NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR's come out and said, you've got to, you've, you know, here's a rule. You can't run that spindle. Yeah. Okay. Then you have cars saying, we're going to let you run the spindle. Right. Right or wrong, it's like all these rules. I don't think racers, they care about it because of the money. But I right. don't think a lot of times outside the money, they care. They don't care what the rule is. Mm-hmm. They just <coughs> want the rule in black and white and for them to be able to go everywhere right. and not have to fight right. whether they can run something or can't run something one place or the other. Right. So, uh, you know, it either needs to be allowed across the board uh, but I don't think you can just open up everything. And NASCAR's tried to pull this pull this spindle deal in. And unfortunately, if cars don't follow, listen, I think the world, I think the cars deal is a great, a great yeah. series. I don't want anybody sure uh, to to say that I uh, don't like the cars deal because I do. Right. I think it's a great torn series. Uh, but I do think if they would step in and 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 say <coughs> that spindle is not allowed. So It'd be a done deal. You think that would help the local racetrack? Is what you're it saying? It would help help the local racetracks. I don't. You know, the torn deal is is it its own identity per se, and I think it almost. I just went down it this makes with, it. route with Kevin Piercy, so I have a question for you. Okay. Do you believe that the touring guy, if you're saying that cost is the only real true line in the sand, right? That's kind of what we're saying, because we're just trying to curb the cost. Yeah, but it, and, you and I would say it's more cost than it is safety because correct. Really, I, I agree really with you. The, really, the the uh, the, the I, new I agree with you. out there would be safe. Correct. I, uh, I agree with you. But my my question is, if it's only cost, do you not think that the touring series cars, in essence, I'm not labeling them as being privileged or anything like that, but what I'm saying is the caring the the people that run the cars touring series that buy three sets of tires a weekend are not not going to Hickory because they can't run a billet spindle. If they had to buy a billet or a standard spindle for $300 to go run Hickory and they needed to, so that would be $600, i am betting you that most of them would do it. Uh, I, w- I would probably agree some of them would. I, 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 so, uh, but I think it's it's the natural... You think it's bad for the overall the sport. And I've been there before, is to say, I don't want to change them if I don't have to, so I'm going to push, 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 and try to get it sure. to where, where I don't have to change it. Uh, well, since we've got uh, David here, yeah. uh, Lightning, from the car store, let's uh, first of all clarify that that is the car store position, that you guys will allow it. And second, what's your thoughts on what uh, Scott had to say? Well, yeah, we're going to allow it, and... I can say, yes, I understand what Scott's saying. And I, I have a problem with the spindle because there's the high-dollar spindle is being allowed and the cheaper version is not being allowed. Okay, explain that. All right, you got a drop-forward spindle that's going to be allowed. Mm-hmm. It's $1,150. Mm-hmm. You got a billet spindle, which is not allowed, that's 950 I would be good with it if you wiped them all off the board 
and we went back to just one spindle. Well, do me a favor and explain that a little further because I don't, I don't know that everybody listening understands the difference between the two of those. So explain, you know, maybe who they come from, who builds them. How, I don't, you know, explain that to us. Um, I'm not going to say who builds them. That gotcha. Means, no, that's, that's fine. That's, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, the drop forge spindle has to go through two different steps to mm-hmm. be built, which mm-hmm. actually costs more. Mm-hmm. And it's being a three-piece. So that's the Kyle Bush, and uh, you know, in right. quotations here, I'm right. saying Kyle Bush type spindle that's that Marcus three, Richmond, right? Three-piece spindle. Okay. The other one is one solid spindle. Okay. Uh, now that that's the one that Jay Hedgecock sells, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, if they would have took them both off the board, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Have, we'd have followed right in, but. So they only took J's off the board. That's what you're saying, right? Okay. Now, is that your understanding, Scott? Is it that it's just that one piece spindle? The the three piece is allowed. Uh, that was that's my understanding of it. Now, like I say, I kind of, I probably know enough about getting in trouble here, but uh, <laughs> but the reality is, is uh, my understanding is the billet one piece spindle mm-hmm. that that is the expensive one that. It's just not an off-the-shelf item. It's and not, and it's not winning races too because Mike Bush can address this because Southern National we had a winner that his car was all handmade spindles. Yeah, yeah. Top four yep. at Southern National was hand-built. Yeah, I understand it. People are jumping on this bandwagon, but it's. We tried to make that a point when we checked the the right the the finishing order after the last Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National. Part of what we were trying to do is compare the latest lightweight stuff, you know, that's on the market. That everybody is, if you're going to win a race, be competitive, do what the cars are doing, like they did at the race at Southern National had and. We, we were bringing it to attention because that was the reason they were winning the races, not the fact that Matt McCall's car was a 2010 sure, BRW. Yeah, this, that was a great point. Great Deke, point. I loved it. Deke's car was a 2013 Hedgecock car. Uh, yeah, they probably had updated stuff here and there. but 280 know. pounds of lead on the winner. Yeah. Took his rear shocks apart to check his piston. The shocks had cobwebs on it for where the car had been sure. sitting for a year. Right. You know, so. I think that's great for people to know, though. Yeah. I think that's great for people to know. They, yep. I don't. I think people give you guys a hard time a lot of time because they don't understand that you're gaining analytics behind the scenes that they yep. don't know. How many people know that? Yes, we're looking at seeing what spindles are okay. on what cars. We we we're we're taking all this. You may, as a racer, have such a small snapshot of what it truly is, yep. where you guys are making your own analytics to try to make these decisions more informed oh yeah on the level that we do it here with the weekly racing series with late mile stocks limiters or whatever they ain't a car out there that we really can't sit here and tell you that we don't know what somebody's got on their car what they're running you know if they change something on the car we can really you know we can really tell a difference i know with working with scott and lightning i haven't worked with kenny on at, at the racetrack situation but we we always governed with common sense, and we didn't, you know, we didn't belittle nobody. We don't belittle anybody now, 
you know, yeah, but you know you we tell, just right? kind of work like, the same. Most of the time, you guys can tell if it's something That's that right. you, you uh, this is something that I think people take out on, on guys that are tech guys, and I think it's, it, it's not quite right for the simple fact of, listen, we all know whether we're right or wrong. 90% of the time, I'm going to say even higher, I'm going to say 95% of the time, a guy that really spends time with his race car, the way he should be, knows what's right and what's yeah. wrong. So the interesting part is you're not after everybody to just pitch them. You, no. you no. try to be understanding that this is the level that we're at and here's what we're doing and we're trying to do yeah. the best that we can with everything, but we don't have 400 officials and we That's don't right. have, you know, I, I think those are some of the reasons I mean, why. And I agree with that. When I, when I was racing, I mean, I, when we went to the racetrack, I knew was whether it's right, sure. or, right sure. or wrong. Now, and, and just like Mike said, you know, we try to use some common sense in it. Uh, there's a difference in cheating and failing tech. That's yes, right. I agree. Uh, or just trying to get back to the racetrack. For sure, 100%. Just something on there to try to get back to the racetrack. Right. 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 I mean, if, if a car is supposed to have a 500 carburetor on it and it's got a 650, he's cheating. Yes. Right. right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. But if, but if a car comes through the tech shed after the race and he's getting all he can get and the thing's a 16th of an inch low on the roof height, I don't think he per- he he mounted the roof to be borderline, and he's got his heights to be borderline. But the bottom line is, he's uh, it, he didn't fly out mount the roof an inch low. Right, he's his air is low. He's Something to, he's so, tried to get all he can right. get, and it won't pass. So that's, that's the kind right. of stuff you try to look at. Now, some of those rules are black and white too. Sure, it says forty-eight inches. It's forty-eight inches. That's right. Uh, but you can't you can't uh, label somebody as a cheater when they when they're a sixteenth of an inch uh, low on the roof height. If they got a six fifty carburetor and they're supposed to have a five hundred, right, they're a cheater. That's, a, that's they're a they're cheater, cheater. Right. in my book. So and we all know, like you said, when, and, and the racers know. If you don't, uh, you're not if, working if, on your car hard right, enough. Let's, go, I mean, let's be honest racetrack. about it. We always went to the racetrack to be on the limit, not to be a cheater. Uh, now, have I done some things in the past that crossed the line? Yeah. You were supposed no to. Doubt. That was your job, no though. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying to get busted forever, but as racers, that's, that's right. kind of what we're supposed to do. That's right. Uh, like, I'm supposed to do that, and you just gave me rules <laughs> to do it. How, <laughs> right. how how hard is this concept? Right. Uh, going, going back to the spindle thing, mm-hmm. Given what he said, talking about the difference in price, they outlawed the one that's cheaper. Do you still feel the same way? Do you feel like that they should outlaw the the cheaper one too, or do you I, think NASCAR needs to actually step in and, and either do them all or not in? Here, here's my stance on it: we need to keep cost in control. Right. Okay, so I if agree. there's a less expensive spindle, I think that one is alternative. That's the one that needs to be approved. Yeah, I guess the key on this is. So we got to get on the same page. Right. Cars and NASCAR, these guys that's got these cars have got to, to be able to go but run the cars or run a weekly racetrack. And, I mean, that's the biggest thing I hear. To me, the racetracks need to be on that same motor. And I was just going to – that's what was going to be my question to you. My my biggest problem is there's a lot of knowledge right here. How do we – how does the – how how do – how does the local race? Let's catch everybody at one time. How does the local racer intermingle with the cars tour deal? 
because he doesn't overly now. I don't mean it badly. You get a lot of local guys, a few hickory guys that'll join into your race, but but not the mass quantity. In the old days, when you guys and I'm not dogging, but in the old days, wasn't wasn't that the deal? Greg tells me stories all the time about that was the deal, right? When a big a big race came to hickory, he, you couldn't yeah. wait if you were a hickory local guy because this was your opportunity that you've Absolutely. run 12 million laps over there to take a shot at these dudes. Mm -hmm. And now, and now and it doesn't exist like that now. No. And that's I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. like it either. I don't think it's good for the deal. I just do you think the spindle separates that? No, I'd say uh, tires and cost and gas and it just cost yes. them too much to run the cars deal. Right. If you just said they they buy three sets of tires, I don't I don't disagree. So my question is to you: Then we're really talking about two different people that want to race. Two completely different. We're talking about the car store guy. Conceptually, has not been the guy that wanted to save money long. There's more trucks and trailers in there than there is at, at any racetrack you go to. Right. You, you are talking about somewhat two different sets of racers, but at the same time, the car store does a lot to draw in those local guys. They give them free tires, and they got all kinds mm -hmm. of incentives. I don't have them all in front of me. I, I do. I agree, which is one of the reasons I think the great thing about the car store saying, hey, we accepted it because of this. Right. Right? I, I, I applaud I like that the explanation. answer. Yes, yeah. I 100% want you to know. That I, made I more sense to me than anything anybody's told me. In the last six months. This is the parameters we were given. This is why we did what we did. Yeah. And that's I mean, it. That's it. And, I mean, it's not too – one statement that I probably shouldn't make and I'm going to probably regret I ever said this. <laughs> <laughs> when it was brought up to NASCAR in April of last year and it was okay at that point in time mm -hmm. before anybody had them. Right. That's, as we say, that's when the pregnancy should have been took yeah. care of. I used we it earlier. Me and Bush were talking about <laughs> over there earlier. Same thing. Because at that point in time, guys, it's three or four cars that got them, five cars got them. But right. at the way the rule was wrote, it met the rule. So everybody else started buying them. Right. So and we went way too far. It's, you know, I think, and I, I think, think that's part of the – they're missing the leadership from somebody like Kenny or Lynn when he was doing his thing when he right. was involved. I think the biggest problem that you've got, let, let's look at the big picture. The problem you've got is there's not enough late model stock cars to run at all these racetracks. Nope. They're, they're, they're not there. I agree. You get 10 or 12 cars, maybe, maybe. So this racetrack is going to do whatever they can Make any kind of rules. If a guy's got a big carburetor and he wants to run it, they're going to let him come do it. Right. Not saying all the racetracks. I'm just saying if you get one or two bad ones in yeah, a group. But it happens. Wait right. a minute. You're, you're not saying anything that's untrue. You, you can run different springs at Hickory than you can at anywhere else. I don't mean that bad. Not yeah. to, I'm not crapping on Kevin. I'm just saying that right. he's got people that want to run those springs, so he takes the two or three cars that want to run them. He doesn't see a monster advantage right now, right. so he goes with it. So there you go. Yep. So now they, they come show up. They can't go no place else, or they can. There'll be three of them, three or four, want to go somewhere else, and they'll say, well, sure, come on. So yeah. the, the rule book, it needs to be uh, printed on softer paper so you can actually use it. Yeah, <laughs> Basically. yeah no, I, 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 mean, I that, applaud that. Yes, is that's that right. What, that's what's that's going, right. And you can't, uh, the, the racers are pushing it. The car builders are pushing it with the little tricks and things of this nature that's not approved. But if I can get, sure. three, if I can get three cars to run it somewhere, 
then we got five cars here. They're the, it's all over the country. Boom. The engines, the engines is the same thing. We let the engine guys do what you know. They can add a little here and do a little there, and as long as it's as long as it gets soaked in here and there, uh-huh. then boom. It's and there's nothing. What are you going to do? Then all these guys have lost all that money that they've spent because it's out of sorts. So is everybody go under the same rules? How they, how are you going to do that? I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you guys are the tech that's, guys. That's, 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 asking, that's what I'm asking. Can everybody they, go under the, the same rules? The tech guy don't make that decision. Uh, no, I, I, I completely <laughs> understand. Yeah, I, I don't mean it in that context. I, I just mean, uh, will the, the racetracks, you know, I guess that's a question for the racetracks. Will the racetracks go? And w- would you guys as, as, as past tech guys or people involved in the sport in that way, w- would you – would you think that it would be a viable option to the racetracks to everybody go in one rule? Because they'll descend. Sure Won't they? But, but they'll descend. Yeah. Because, used to be that way. Because their car count's going to be low this week, and they'll do whatever right. they can do right. to get the car count up next week and really don't care about next month. Correct. Short term. <laughs> that's a conversation that me and Roger have all the time. Every it. racetrack is in a short term That's it. Game. That's right. Short term. Every week, whatever it takes this week to get them cars there, it doesn't matter what they can do. So it's it's actually not the spindle is just one of the things. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it's, it's actually one cog not, in the wheel. it's not the issue. Right. The issue yeah. is no, you know maybe it's come to the point back in the seventy and I seen it. I was a part of it that late model sportsman cars went touring. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's mm-hmm. come to that point that late model stock cars need to go touring. And we go to Limiteds for the weekly show or something. I, well, I don't I mean, know. That that's been happened. talked about. And that should I think it should have happened, right? Okay. Because the cost, the common everyday guy that's working out of his gas station garage back there can't race a late mile stock car. They no. can't afford it. I agree. And actually, your racetracks are at the point that the purses they need to pay out to get the cars is just not there. I mean, it's not coming in the gate. Well, again, again, they've gotten lazy. Yeah. Again, the racetracks have gotten lazy. They don't get out and hunt for sponsorships. They don't get out and do this. They 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 yeah, lean they lean on the back gate to pay for their purses. You know, basically your go kart racing. You pay the entry fees and whatever, and then you get your money back at the end of the night. Yeah. Now, yeah. Have, okay. So look at but let's look at let's not just crap on the racetrack because they're not here. And I know you weren't, yeah. but I, I want to. You guys have all been inside a racetrack machine, right? You um, oh, yeah. all know how that works, and I think a lot of people that listen to our show or the racer me as a racer i didn't know how much it was involved with that until i came to performance center and then i got to see holy cow there's a lot more on the tech side or a lot more before i just had to beat one or two tech guys and now i have to beat tech guys from you know myrtle beach to kingsport so the interesting part to me is do, do you think that they'll the racetrack doesn't see a way that they can be profitable by by running a limited type car because they need the tire revenue and they need all the other revenues to make that happen so it they only need that because they're paying too much okay yeah, I, yeah. I, I know all the numbers from that side of it and the one thing about it they could run limited hickory pays like 500 bucks or something you know to win i think for the limited division there's no reason why they couldn't pay that off of just entries that don't really even need the tire money they could go to a y3 and they could run two sets a year and it'd be golden. I can tell you that. Yeah, sure. but do you think people would still complain? 
Well, sure. I mean, you're never going to stop people from playing. <laughs> so then, but you're going to lose all those people in the middle, is what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't think you're going to. Lo- you're you're going to gain more if they can play a long term game. You're going to gain more every time. No I matter what. I don't think there's enough meat to divide it. Is all I'm saying. Well, there's not at the moment. That's why you got to play a long term game. You got to lose for a short period of time. Yeah, but okay. So all the at the economic state that 90 percent of these racetracks are in, you really think that they can lose a big amount short term and still make it? They're never going to make it long. No, so I think I think th- I think the racetracks are all of them are, you know, are struggling. I would and not no, no do doubt, what Kevin no Piercy does. I talk to him often. I yeah. don't mean that honest. There's no amount of money. I don't care if I could win the lottery. Doesn't matter. I would not do what he does. Listen, I and I've you know. Myself and Kevin's pretty good sure, friends, and I sure. talk to him often. And, you know, I can tell you, he's, he's, he has sleepless nights sure. trying to keep the gates open. I guarantee it. No doubt. I guarantee and, uh, and it. He's, it's tough. He's not, uh, he, he's not there to, to try to I – don't, I'm not going to use the word I want to use here, but uh, he's not there to try to drag all the money that he can out of racer. But, on the other hand – you know, they're all he's in business. Keep right the now. door open. Yeah, that's right. For know? sure. And just like other places, you know, the racetracks that I've seen do really well and have all the woo woo to them. Yep. Has been they've got other financial backing. Sure. Backing them. Sure. Yep. And listen, I, I I would not want to go buy a racetrack and have to pay for it today. No, you know, it was. No. I, I don't think that would. Be I would. The best if I could investment. get it cheap enough, I would do it. Huh. I would legitimately would buy a racetrack if I could get it cheap enough. One up the road here, not far. Three hundred ninety-nine thousand. I legitimately week. think. I legitimately think that I. I would if I could buy it cheap enough. This is my next long five-year plan. Langley knows me <laughs> and have been talking. I. I'm legitimately going to buy a racetrack. That's going to be my next thing, and I'm going to run every kind of craziness in there that. I possibly can, meaning I think these racetracks have no idea of their value. So you think you think I you, would can, have, you think you could make plenty of money at it? I think I, I think I do. I because, do. because if you do, you got we got you got four guys here like to come to work for you. Yes, I, 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 I honestly believe <laughs> pay well. I honestly believe that I, I I think I think you could put enough of a show on through enough different things that you could make you could make it work. I think the way that people view things in your generation of the tech guys out here and the way that people view things in the younger generations are completely different. Like I would broadcast every one of my races on TV. I would take it all national. I'd want people fighting in the pits. It would be that Bowman Gray show all over again. Like, and I, Jumbotrons with a kiss cam. I I don't even know. I don't, I would, I would make it a destination of places to go. People, things to happen and that's how you got to separate it from what they can do on their cell phone sitting at home or whatever yeah but i don't think you got to separate it i want them on their cell phones at home tuning in and viewing and doing this and talking about how crappy it is and people beating each other up and i that's what i want that's a joy to me well that's what they're not doing now they're sitting at home on their cell phone there's nothing up there cooking their interest to get them to the racetrack now to watch Uh, how's dominion doing i mean how's how's dominion doing i mean they 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 okay they opened up They've got. They, they, they struggled concerts. with car count last they, year. Huh? But they struggled a little bit with car count. Yeah, last but they're year, again. They're doing concerts. They're, they're doing, doing con- go kart like races. They're doing road you races. They're doing club things. They're they're nonstop. Yeah. Racetracks have to be a multi-use facility. If me and Langley don't kill each other, some big things are going to happen the in the next two years. Night of destruction at Hickory. There's. They're not on their cell phone sitting at home. They're right. at there for it. Right. They want to see excitement. If, you, if you're going to put on a show, and, and to us, about, about watching a couple races. cars ride side by side is yeah. a show, yeah. <laughs> to the rest of the public, it is not. No. No. So, 
No, they come to see wrecks. They come to see stuff yep. get okay. tore up. Right. I mean, right. If I go to, to Bowman Gray and I don't see a show, then <laughs> I get mad. So, uh, right. The biggest night at Bowman Gray is when they have the trucks, the monster trucks. Yeah. And the demolition. Like, I, That's I, their biggest I nights. think I, this is the only thing I can say is I think the racetracks, my only way to say that something that I would like to see the racetracks do more is the way we're getting people engaged is not working. Let's Let's be really honest. Like Hickory at the gate when they let everybody come down is a big thing. If you sit there and watch... I would say 90% of the crowd comes out of the crowd, walks down onto the racetrack, and spends a bunch of time. Now, after that, who is engaged? There's no engagement for them. They just sit there and watch what happens. And right. hopefully something good happens that they got right. videoed so they have something to talk about. Because otherwise, one or two cars run away from the rest of the field, and it's terrible hoping that they get a late yeah. caution so that maybe there'll be some good racing toward the end. And then after the race, after the race, back in, back in my day, we stood on the back at the back of the car right. and sold T-shirts. Oh, I mean, cause and they, cause right. So Bowman Gray does now. Now you can't go down on the pit road because you'll get run over by a trailer and trying you know, to beat I the th- other one out of the I think this gate. is astronomically nuts, too. Like, for every young racer in the world, I cannot believe they don't do a T-shirt hustle. Like, a T-shirt hustle, if you're a young local racer guy that will sit behind his— I watched Tony Stewart. T-shirt hustle to cup. I'm, I'm serious. When we were, he was in the back. He would have T-shirts in the back of this vehicle that he had at these dirt tracks, and he T-shirt hustled himself to cup. But our young people don't T-shirt hustle at all. I'm sorry. I know that was off topic. I just wish that our young people could make some money. You see a lot of these guys. We're talking about Thomas oh, Bean yeah. or or your son, or we see yeah. a lot of these guys that are working very hard and struggling to try to get everything that they can get. And I mean, you're the T-shirt wizard, Langley. Well, what does it cost to print a T-shirt? Five bucks? Six bucks? Way way more than it should. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, probably $7. It's probably so you got $7 and you sell 10 of them for $20 after your thing. You, you just, I think everybody just wants it given to them. Right. And if I'm glad you brought that up because those are some of the ways that are lost arts that racers were able to race. That's right. Yeah. Racers were able to race. 90% of these two kids back here, they couldn't remember buying a t-shirt at a racetrack that there was because it doesn't happen if you go to a dirt race when sammy swindell used to sign t-shirts they'd be wrapped around the entire racetrack waiting for him to sign racetracks or t-shirts that dude would be there two hours that's the way bowman gray is for the modified guys a lot of nights i mean i mean that's but they played the game and they've stuck with it and that's that's a long-term thing you watch the bowman gray everything there's long-term they've done everything forever you said long-term i mean like when we used to run hickory every week you know, three quarters of the field were lo- or not really locals. They were from areas, but they had ran there for quite a while. You know, a lot of them nowadays are just in and out in a couple of years. Oh, for sure. So they don't get a fan base. And where where we run there every week, uh, we we sold a lot of t-shirts. Right. But but uh, now there's really no identity to those. Right, they have no the brand. They have no nothing. Right. Yeah. They don't 100%. use. Right. There's no interaction. There's no anything. Right. Well, let's not go too far down that hole because uh, we can't put fans back in the stands in one night here. So, um, I'm not thinking that, but I, I, I like the fact that we got some of these old school guys, and I don't mean to keep calling you that, but you got a chance to see it. I was Bush and I were talking about this. You got a chance to see it when it was great. Yeah. So many people haven't gotten a chance to see it. 
So I think they don't have a vision to know even how to get it back there because yeah. they weren't around. Or what the potential could be. Right. Yep. They, they, they just weren't there. Give us our next topic. Right. Um, next topic is, uh, well, let, let's talk about the, the tech process at racetracks. I, one of the things, talking with racers, you know, they said, well, I go over here, and they check it this way. Like, they have the same rules. You know, not all of them, obviously, as we've established before. But they have the same rules, but they're teching it differently. What, what do we got to do to get all the racetracks on the same tech process? you got to send officials to school. Well, where's mm-hmm. the school at? Can we start it tonight? We could. We got ninety percent well, I mean, of them right here. That, I, think right? We, goes, you know, I think that goes back to to, Going by the to Joe book. Collins and Lynn Carroll yeah. and, and, and Kenny, Kenny. Yeah. when they were doing it. You had somebody that went from racetrack to racetrack right. that was a connection to try to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have we that. Had, we don't have that. Yeah, when we went that. by the NASCAR rule book we when it was printed out. Yeah. Like if there was, was a question used for what it was intended to be, that yeah. wasn't an issue. If I had a question at well, you still and you had you a still question got at Southern National and yeah. you had a question at yeah. Caraway or the other every other place you worked from South okay, Boston everywhere keep on. else. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could call Kenny or you could yeah. call Lynn or you right. could call and, and get clarification on it. Yeah. Now that's gone. Now we gotta text each other, you know. And, and that's uh, one thing I I can tell you from being working with Car Store. And being being in charge of the the deal for the late model stocks, you know, same way with Lightning right there is basically, you know, he's the man. He's in charge of what happens if there's an issue with it. He'll present it to Chris and Jack, and and they'll work through it. But there's not a there's there's somebody there with their hands on it at all times, and that's and that's what I think where NASCAR has lost it. They don't have someone there. Local mm-hmm. racetracks are a different entity from each other so much that this guy we'll go to this nascar track and they jack the car up and put it on four inch blocks and check ride height this racetrack we'll go to and they don't check ride heights it's just it's so far all over the board on the procedures if we could just get back to if we're running nascar rules we're a nascar racetrack we go by the nascar rule book this is how all the racetracks are going to do it and that's how it needs to be just the way the same way he does when he goes to all his cars tour races. They know exactly how it's going to be unless there's something that they know ahead of time that they know before they get there. It comes in an email or they call. They know how it's going to be from every race to every race. And that means a lot. And I think that's part of the lure to a lot of the teams that run the tour now is because they know it's it's established how it's going to be. It don't start out as a problem in April. And then when we get to Martinsville, it blows up and, and becomes a problem for everybody. And then we got people yelling and cussing at everybody. It just that the NASCAR part of it to me just needs to have its. It needs to put somebody in control of what's in that rule book. If you are a NASCAR sanctioned racetrack and that's your rules, that's what you go by. That's how it is. And until they get to that point, I just see it being uh you know see a control you know, over. Yeah, it ain't no control. I mean, it's just like Kenny said. Uh, you know, sure a training. Our school would be great, but we'd have to have yeah. one for every racetrack. But who's, but well, and who's, and who's going to let me for? let me chime in here? Just had had a uh, we had a chat, a chat line, a chat board, or whatever it yep. was. Remember that every every official could sign on to that. Crickets. Nobody wants to play. You've got weekend. Not everybody. I'm I'm not bashing everybody. But you get four or five or two or three or one or two that 
that's just weekend warriors. What was you bitching about before this started? That you was down in the junkyard on your day off and measuring a metric frame so you could take them? Right. How many officials does that at the racetrack? Yeah. You're talking about walking through the pit road and, and, and finding this and finding mm -hmm. that as, as they're practicing and stuff. How many officials get out of the tech shed and actually walk down pit road and look at them race cars and come across something right. that's, hey, I may need to check on that. There's some, that's different. They don't even know. So, you You're know, right. they need and, and you need a school. The, the, the officials... That grip seminar that they've had a couple of months ago, wouldn't that be awesome for the officials to attend that so they could understand what the racers are trying to do? I, I think we found Kenny's retirement project. <laughs> Listen, no. I, <laughs> I mean, I, no, no, I'm going to tell job. you this. I think that I think that the, the problem, I'm sure there was plenty of problems, but the biggest problem I think that you had when you were at NASCAR was you just couldn't have a voice. You didn't have a voice. Like, the, the biggest problem was for for the racer you tried to make yourself accessible but you didn't have a voice people they're gonna have to get somebody that they allow to wrestle the bull themselves mm -hmm. because if you're not the guy wrestling the bull you have no idea how bad it is so somebody's gonna have to be able to make a decision a lot more people have will have access to you through coming through this show that didn't know maybe your position on x y or z so where I think some of it gets stymied is it's almost got to be, I don't know, That's either through social media going. or whatever. Somehow you got to be able to identify that person that's in that position somehow has to be able to get the word out to everybody exponentially the way they digest it now, which is not through an email that has some rules on it or we've already seen the way it's going with right. the Facebook and all. Right. right? It's not through that. It, it, it's going to have to be a way that has a broad reach because we're talking about different generations of people. The people you want to receive an email or it be in the rule book. Mm -hmm. Some 21-year-old kid doesn't, he don't even, he's never even seen the rule book, man. He doesn't even know the rule book. He was in here today, a 21-year-old kid, no idea. Never even seen the rule book before. I said, man, I don't think you can do that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, have you checked in the NASCAR rule book? He's like, no, I never got one. I'm like, you got a license, right? Yep. Okay, they, they send it to you in there. It's in that thing in the, yeah, no. So, wait a minute. I don't even you, think they send them anymore. You've legitimately been racing for two years and had, race at a weekly basis at a racetrack and don't have any rules no okay we're in trouble we're in that, severe that's where trouble the, that's where the cor the cars deal what mike was just talking about they got somebody there with that voice to make a decision yep. and he's got it on and, all platforms and, and nascar don't have right. that. he puts it on right. facebook he puts yeah, it on instagram he sends out an email you get to right. racetrack it ain't gonna be a surprise right yeah i i, was, I admit I, I when i first started in the tech shed at hickory i, I kind of learned the hard way on one and uh, and it was the ride height rule. Everybody was complaining that the cars that went out to qualify first or last had an advantage because when you come off the racetrack and you come to the scale, uh, the cars that went out first, the cars wouldn't come back up in time so that they wouldn't, that they'd fail the ride height rule. That's right. And the ones hmm. that went out last had an advantage high. because they had to sit in line and the cars would come yeah. back up. So. So we, we switched it up one night. I said, okay, everybody's complaining. We'll fix that. So we didn't weigh them. When they come off the racetrack, we rolled them right up to the to the height pad. And uh, so th they would all be coming in the tech shed. Well, three-quarters of the field failed. Right. You know, <laughs> so uh, and I had uh, one of them, Darren Barnes, is a good friend of mine. Sure. Uh, over the years, I mean, he looked at me and he says, we don't know what to expect. Right. Right. And 
and that that hit home with me that the racer and you mm -hmm. hit on it a while ago th the racer really don't care what the rule is the racer just wants to know and wants to be want it, it checked that's consistently right. and yes. i think that's what you allude yeah. to amigo when they come to the racetrack they know how it's going to be checked. know how big their box so, is to play in right. it. that's it so that's so we changed the way we was doing at hickory and we started jacking them up beforehand and said we're going to get rid of that and we've done it every week the same way. Do they figure out how to get around that? Absolutely. That's oh, yeah. what they do. Right. That's what we're know, supposed to do. But they do know where the box is. And as long as we said we've stayed in that do. box and we yeah. Give them a box. Well, NASCAR, you've been inside the machine in NASCAR. Will NASCAR allow somebody to take that much weight? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I, I wasn't trying to pick on you. I, I wasn't singling you out. I, I, I just... Somebody that's been in the machine that knows how it works. I, I just don't see them allowing somebody that much control. I just don't I see don't. it happening, which is why I, I've become. I'm not a non NASCAR component, but I like the Cars Tour because they do it the right way. How they do sit you, there, they let every NASCAR's completely screwed up. They sit back and they're like, "This is going to be great," and they <laughs> take it right. And with no expectation, they allow the spindle, or they allow this with no expectation. They let it race its way out, and then they make decisions. The, the car store, you guys dynoed all the motors. We talked about this a little bit ago. You gathered the intel and then made the decision, but it's based off of the information that you're provided yeah. at the time. Real-world information. Right. It ain't made up. Right. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and or the, somebody lying to you about it. Or somebody lying to you about it. There right. you go. You, you showed. You had yeah. the dyno numbers on your phone oh, from when you dyno. Oh, that's that's right. pretty cut and dry. Kevin, I know Kevin Piercy goes and dynos. Uh, when you were, and yeah. I think they, you guys dyno. There's a cut and dry things. Right? Like, I just don't understand. I almost think that NASCAR wants to lose. I almost think they want to lose, by the way, that – no good business ever would let its dealers run amok. If I had a, if I had chassis dealers all over the country and they were cutting pieces off and moving them in different directions and doing this and it completely, if every Ford dealer in the country put different wheels on that represented their Ford deal, Ford would tell them no way. Every NASCAR racetrack that we go to has a different set of rules. That's not a brand. Na NAS I say, it's not Na a brand. NASCAR's business model. For the short track racing sucks. Uh -huh. it's, it's terrible. Sucks. Right. It's terrible. And we're getting laughed at by yeah. everybody across the country mm -hmm. about it because yeah. this is home base for NASCAR. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're its closest reach in our area, and we're getting laughed at by, you know, the, the southern short track series with the Supers and all that. They're all sitting back and laughing at what we got going on yeah, but they're, because they're, we can't govern consistent. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it used to be for so long in late mile stock, you knew what the rules were. But somebody fell on the sword. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened. But can, I'll tell you what happened. What do you mean? No, everybody knows what happened. No, I'm Brooks about, went down yeah. there and oh, said, listen, point, yeah. everybody can kiss my hind end. This is the way we're going to do it. If you don't like it, I don't care if you're Stephen Walls, Johnny Billy. I don't care if you own Jags. I don't care what you do. <laughs> you're done. Good, good luck. And what happened is it went through a thing where everybody was mad. Like I watched Stephen Walls one night try to choke. <laughs> I mean, they were... You know, screaming everybody but you know what the tech still won right and steven loaded his stuff up and raced again the next night but everybody respected that decision yep. does that make sense oh yeah and i think that's where the disconnect comes there's no but who's gonna that's the question that's what we need you guys to solve who's gonna fall on the sword and say i'm maybe maybe it's lightning maybe it's you who's gonna fall on the sword and say i'm the guy that's gonna take control of the tech and be the complete prick 
Because that's what you're going to have to be. Them people hate him down there. Legitimately, as many want to kill him as respect him. Brooks. Yeah. But he's good for the sport. No, he's... Because he doesn't let anybody get away with anything. The car counts that are at uh, the World Series of Asphalt this week are there because of him, 99% of it. Right. Uh, the modifieds The racers especially. say that. The, the, the racers And, and that's it. what I'm saying. Exactly. I think the racer is dying for someone. I think this is why you were successful. The racer is dying for someone that they respect mm-hmm. that yet has a brain. You were successful at Hickory. You, yeah. I heard you many a time tell Kevin, man, I don't think that's the way we should do it this time. This, do this, this. Yeah. And I don't mean that it was shady things. I'm just saying this doesn't really behoove that treatment that we're wanting to do here. Let's work inside. He's work. There's just ways of handling the situations. And, and, mm-hmm. But until one person wants to eat all the garbage, it's not going to happen. But how do we do that with NASCAR being the, the, the governing body if we're not involved with NASCAR? Somebody's got to get in there. And make it happen. I, I think there's an easy way to make that happen. Sure. There is nothing Go to the car in, the, in the there's nothing in the NASCAR agreement with the racetracks that would forbid them to run by car store rules and to allow car store to govern that. Right. Nothing. I think they should do it. There's nothing. <clears throat> we literally could put lightning in there, be top man, hundred percent right now. There's the racetracks would have to get on board, obviously, but there's nothing there saying that they can't. Everybody is spun out. I wish everybody could see this. <laughs> we'll <laughs> like, have video every, up later. Every, that was a good moment. Everybody, Everybody's just was, like, what that the? Was, that was genius. What the hell did he just say? I, I, no, that, <laughs> good. Listen, I, I, I agree with that. I, Somebody, it, it needs the to car be, store seems to, to want to have the guts. They right, seem it, to have the delivery they do system. The they but, do They do it. Got, but you if got you don't to think follow they do, you're one, wrong. you got to follow one or the other. And I guess that was my point to start with on the spindles. It could be fixed by the cars following the NASCAR rule. Right. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Either way. Either way. It's just uh, we got to we got to get them on the same page. I think cars does a lot of things. I think they use their brain a lot more. Oh yeah. They make better decisions. You don't have to think. The numbers prove that they do. Yeah. yeah. Right. I and, mean, the numbers prove uh, that they do. We went to the dyno this year six times. Just this year, just to make sure we had an even playing field. Right. You work that, it like a business. And what people don't understand is. You use the same dyno, same, same temperatures, mm-hmm. same right. guy running it. You don't worry about your top number. You worry about your splits. And that seems to work. Who it's ate the cost like, for all that? Huh? Who ate the cost for all that? Jack. Jack. Exactly right. That's what I, I, I want people to know that. People don't, you know, hey, I go to this series. They don't provide me with anything. No, no, no. I don't think what you don't realize right. is they ate five five cars being chassis dynoed and these are some of the infrastructure and the bills that you got to pay for. Anybody here at this table happen to know how many times NASCAR took a took a car to a dyno or an engine to the dyno? Yeah, that I mean, was the I right number. I don't know. Y'all, <laughs> y'all not speaking was the right number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, we, when I was at Hickory. Hickory did. Uh, yeah, when Kevin took cars to the right. chassis dyno. But that wouldn't and, be and NASCAR. Stuff. That would be but specific to on, a track. But it was on Kevin's dime. Right. I just yeah, think so, yeah. that we have a complete situation of there's been no studying for a test, and it's exposing itself. It's exposing itself because they there's, there's just no studying. We have no – I'm not saying that you don't have analytics to people are running these spindles or doing this, but they're, they're already five dynos behind the yep. Cars Tour, yep. right? He just said that they dyno five times, right? So NASCAR's already five – Dino trips and three thousand dollars behind NASCAR right now. 
But like now, when Kenny was there, he's the one, and he's got the name for the bump stops because Kenny understood bump stops, which at the time nobody else really did. And he brought it into the situation. Best thing happened in the world because it put everybody on a even playing field at the time. Um, it threw a lot of them for a loop. I mean, so, you know, stuff like that. We've lost. When he left, Lynn left, Joe left, because I, uh, I raced under Joe Collins, too. But it's when it, we have nobody. Les cannot do it all. No, mm-hmm. no. He's got too much on him. No, yeah. I agree. And Glover, he's got too much on him. That's so, right. you know, it's it's nobody to fall back to. Right, right. So, uh, And you say that, you know, if I ask, you know, all four of you guys right now who – who would you call if you had a problem? Let's say you're at a racetrack and you have a problem, and you got to call somebody and ask her. Who do you call? Do you call Les? I mean, yeah. Who do you call? Can he tell you anything? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you call Bushy. I mean, I mean or Lightning. I mean, who do you call? Everybody call that we other. calls in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. I mean, because we had a few issues this year happening at South Boston. We're not going to touch on that, but we're going on. <laughs> But we call Les. I wrote a few stories about one of them. Call Les. He's on the airplane. He's got to get back to see the rule book so he can make sure he clarifies what we was checking. It's just that he's got so much going on. He's not that. He's not dependable enough for each track to wear him right. to death. Wouldn't that have been much simpler if you were there and you're the car store guy and they're running by car store rules and you could have said, "Yep, that's right," or "Yes," or "No, that's wrong." Yes. I mean, it's simple. Fixing this is simple. It really is. It really is simple. And I, I, I hate, I hate that we can't just go there. You know, and it, oh yeah, the tracks can still get all the things that they get from NASCAR. And I know people say, well, NASCAR doesn't do anything. They don't follow that's, the same NASCAR not, rule now anyway. Right. Right. What's the difference? So I mean, they'll all they'll get the perks that they see from the NASCAR side still, and then they got somebody to fall back or a company to fall back on. Which the tell them what the perks are, because a lot of people don't know what the perks are from NASCAR for being a racetrack. Well, I'm a couple years removed, but, I mean, I know, you know, they get, you know, some stuff from Wheeling, and uh, they get license money, you know, some of that back to the track, and obviously the points fund Upgrade. and all those things. So, But all those things will still come, because most of the racetracks don't run by the NASCAR Wheeling All-American Series rulebook outside of this region anyways. And if it, They don't else, even have that kind of car. It, then it forces NASCAR's hand. Well, I mean, if nothing, because the greatest what are they thing could happen. Then? All they need to do is delete the late model stock cars from that rule book, and that that will help start fixing things right there. I mean, that's all we got to do. Just so delete the NASCAR that. rule book. Let's delete it. the pages and just say refer to car stores. Exactly. <laughs> that's all they got to do. That's all they got to do. <laughs> I mean, but if you go up north, SK Modifieds, great show every track sure. you go to. They, they pack them in there too. People love that. But they have. Do you know? Have you seen a rule book for them? A NASCAR rulebook? They are NASCAR sanctioned. Yeah. I have not seen a rulebook for them. Right. They The right. rules are per track, but the tracks got together and wrote their own rules. Right. I mean, and that's – you guys already have the template ready to go. And I'm not, I'm not advocating against NASCAR no. in any way, shape, or form. That's just a way to fix the rule side of it. A good way to unify it. Right. Unify the rules portion of it. I mean – Well, it's, there's a gigantic hole in the boat right now, and it's – Oh, it's, you're right. Bigger. If right. something don't something don't get done soon, you got the guy over there with the spindles. He don't know what to do. You got the guy over there with the, you know the, which motor you gonna bring this week, and that you know 
you know, the motor updated the, the month, you know. So, I mean, some somebody's going to have to put a cork in that sucker pretty soon. Or it's just, Engine just builders are getting fat, ain't they? All the way around. I don't <laughs> know if it's just them. It's just something's got to happen. Right now, with the engine deal, and I'm glad you brought it up because I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that was the next topic. Well, I'm yeah. coming up with it. I, I right I'm ready. I'm face. ready to buy this. All right. Right now, dyno sheets on the ones that Ford, the Harrington, and the okay. Chevrolet upgrade. Yeah. They did on top of each other. Please, let's just stop. Let's stop, stop. changing right. parts. This is it. Run this for three or four years. You got the Harrington making 515. Ford making 515. The Chevrolet upgrades making 490. Let's stop it right here and let them race. And stop putting them out of business by spending 3000 every year on the engines. Because one engine's down, we got to do something for this one. Then this one's down, we got to do something. Well, right. let and, me ask and you and this. Yes. Instead of instead of this one's down, let's do something for this one. Let's bring this yeah, one back. Back down. That's back down. Let's bring this I've, one back. I've always you thought know, the same thing. I've said thing. tapered spacer plate for years. Yeah. All you yeah. got to do is go down and throw a tapered spacer plate on there, whatever it takes to Scott make it whatever it needs to be. At Hickory. Yeah, we done that at Hickory on, on the on the Ford crate, yeah. Yeah. At, you know, at one time. But I, I I don't understand that mentality either. It's always if something gets an advantage, you got to take the the one that's less and, and pick it up to the one. And all we're going to do is blow them motors up. Right. That's what so, we've done. So then, then, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That's, we, we basically outlawed the, the 604 crate engine because the stuff won't stay together right. anymore. Right. That, that's right. it. The bottom end, we made the valve train better through trying to put bigger valve springs on them. Then the bottoms just exploded. Right. So it's just a back and, and forth. Like the Ford now we needed a valve spring. Now because need, this oh, one's better, let's, let's bring it back to where everybody yeah. else is at. You keep doing upgrades to the Ford crate. You, you know, put a camshaft in it. You, know, you put lifters in it to to get it up to speed. Well, all it does is get it to the next level for the next thing to break. Right. For it to blow right. up. If you pull that, pull the one that has the advantage back to the others, uh, then that advantage that's goes simple away. With a place. I mean, that's that's Cheapest the dumbest way. thing that yeah, I've double. heard and is ever. And what do you? We're getting over 500 horsepower now. When are we going to put brakes on them? Oh, oh that'd oh, be a moment. That would be amazing. <laughs> Tip that barrel over you. Wow. I mean, why, here don't, we go. why don't we get back to 400 horsepower so we don't have to put brakes right, on right. them? Why and don't, we could do that with plates. The right. cheapest way to fix it. Sure. I got a, que- I got a question for you, Lightning. Um, NASCAR's you know, gone to 500 horsepower from 900. What right, do you think they're right. doing? Right. You, you talked about the after scott talked about the spindle deal and you guys allowing it um the engine side of things why have you guys chose to just ride with nascar on that instead of doing your own thing and i do know from talking to chris ragel that you guys were kind of in the process of going with the plate but why have you guys rode with them instead of doing your own thing well the cars too has got a good group of cars right but when we roll into a track we Try it, then the spindle deal is off the page. Engine-wise, we got to try to ride the same because we depend on picking up five, six, seven competitors at the track, and we right. do at most tracks we go to. Right. So if you go in and you're completely different, because we had no intentions of putting the cam in the fold, mm-hmm. and we asked certain people to work with us and let's come up with a plan to slow the Harrington down, right. leave the spec where it was at, 
and a tapered plate would have been the simplest way to handle this and the cheapest way. The cheapest way. Right. And but now you've got the you know, we throw that. a three thousand dollar cam. You've got to fish like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And the problem for y'all is cam. If, even if, if they, they don't have the new rods, then you're looking at five thousand dollars because right. they got to upgrade the rods. And, too. and as soon as soon as they give the green light for Ford to do that, it's like wham. Now now you have to follow it because Everybody all the Ford for crates now going to have it. The couldn't get them. Were so, where that's where the that's the biggest reason when that come up they should have put their foot down and said no we're not who should have put their foot it. down well there <laughs> you go we, we've, we've established that part. yeah I, I just wanted to be <laughs> clear yeah like you're right. uh, who who yeah. should have put the, the, no no but you saw it Ray right. Charles saw it <laughs> right. but he couldn't do nothing about it because he wasn't here yeah N- not to bounce back to the spindle thing <laughs> I don't want to spend all night on the spindles but I do want to ask you one question that I meant to ask you a minute ago uh, and that is. If NASCAR comes out tomorrow and says that both of those spindles, the the two types that you mentioned earlier, the three-piece and the one-piece, are illegal, what is cars going to do? We're riding like we are. We're not making no more changes <coughs> until June. Good move. Our rules Good are move. set, and we go to well June done. before we need to address anything. We address it at that time. Gotcha. But see, <laughs> we've already run a – NASCAR's already run a race at Myrtle Beach. Right. And then we get another set of rules after Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So – that's well, we may, we may still yet get another one. Oh, I right. think we'll get a couple more. And I understand. It depends they, how many people you know. view this show. Yeah. We might get a ton more. Who knows? <laughs> but you can't keep changing rules. That's why we – one thing, all rules need to be out at, by December. That's NASCAR or the Cars Tour. I dropped the ball in the Cars Tour this year because we was trying to see what everybody else was doing. Years ago, they were out. In December, you need years them out in December. Ago. Yeah, that way they're earlier than that now. With as early as Myrtle Beach runs. Well, now so, they're yeah. now and, they're and I think it's gotten so much worse. Meaning from, I you can write it on my calendar. My my professional teams will all have their cars in here November first. They will be lined up outside the door because they have one or two races left, and they are already thinking ahead about having their new car ordered. Usually it's right before Myrtle Beach that it, the the 400 that it, my shop will be like overwhelmed with cars that they know they're done racing, but they would like to start getting worked on and they would like to. So I almost think it's before that, if if possible. I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I think I'm I'm appreciative for what you're doing. I just it's impressive the amount of people because they almost all have full time guys now that race your your deal. And when we used to race, Scott. And I was crew chief and call along, and we was doing stuff like that. We went to Myrtle Beach, and that was actually their meeting. Mm-hmm. That's where they had their meeting for the rules. Mm-hmm. Either there or out. Martinsville. I remember Martinsville. You you always wanted to go to Martinsville because they announced the rules, yeah. the rules for the following year. I at remember that. And so, uh, you know, we did it a couple times at Myrtle Beach at the 400. Everybody yeah. kind of gathered in that tech shed, and we kind of talked about what different things we were going to do or whatever. Yeah, I've been in that shed too. That was never good in that <laughs> shit. The good thing about the one at Myrtle Beach is it's air conditioned. Yeah. I don't care who we put in there. We was going under the car for a while, that's for sure. And we're closing the doors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Well, uh, you know, back back to the engines. You know, like I said, I didn't want to derail us there with spindle talk continuously. But uh, back to the engines. I mean, you guys, you, you obviously think that we're on the right track. we got, you know, they're fairly even. We'll we're, stop it, yeah, right now. Yeah, we're, the rest of you guys pretty much agree yeah, on that. I, it's I got agree, to stop. I just think 
Go ahead, right. Kenny. It's got to stop. You can't. I mean, you you just can't continue to go and go and go. You're going to have to change the cars. You you can't continue yep. to keep putting horsepower in them motors. You're going to have to complete. But I think I think you'll see continued horsepower. I mean, the the engine builders are going right. to continue. So you, even though it's set now, you know, come June, you'll probably have to make make some adjustments because yeah, otherwise he wouldn't have a job. Uh, th- right. This is a, that's the deal, right? Yep. Everybody's right. supposed everybody's supposed to fight. So that he has something to try to figure out what to, what to restrict. Is that not how it works? But, but I think the best way to go is back them up. Yeah. Don't yes. let everybody come forward. Yes. Right now they need to start heading back down. Yeah. So Lightning is saying this is where we draw the line in the sand. I, I like that. So. I, I think that's a good point. I mean, this yeah. is where we draw the line in the sand. That this is what we're going to do. I, 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 you know what? I will applaud you and the car store just for even being able to say that. Does that well, make I might sense? be I mean, fired tomorrow. So. No, you're not going to get fired. If you get fired tomorrow, come <laughs> up. I'm looking to hire a couple more people. If you get fired tomorrow, come on up. I, I just don't I, – I think it's intriguing that – I appreciate you saying it. It means a lot to, I think, a lot of people that are questioning what to do or and sometimes no information is terrible information. So at least, you know, you coming out and saying, hey, we've done this research. We know what these things are. We have the data that shows what it are. We've done our homework let's just race now is empowering. I think that's why you're winning right now. I really do. I mean, I think it's things like that that show why the car store is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you do the homework, you win. <laughs> you, you guys mentioned brakes, or you mentioned brakes earlier, Kenny. Uh, is that the only thing that you guys see that's kind of on the horizon of things that are either going to have to change or things that are racers are looking for? I don't know that it has to change if they just, but if they keep putting horsepower in the engines, they're going to have to stop them. Right. You know. I don't know it for a fact, but at Martinsville this past year, I was told we had brake pads out there that was four hundred dollars. You did. You and did. I yeah. will come completely on here and say yes, you did. That's getting ridiculous. Right. And and these guys are putting rotors. Your top teams putting rotors on every race, brake pads on every race. Your low-budget teams are going two races and putting rotors on. That's a cost that just keeps building right. and building. But do you think you can stop that? I think with a... I think you'll have $400 brake pads if you've got six piston calipers yeah, on. Yeah, but well, wait, I had $1,200. Yeah. Here's the one thing that you four group of guys know better than anybody else, and I'm going to talk from the racer's side of it. If you only give me a $69 part, I'm going to figure out how to build a $400 mount. So mm-hmm. that $60 part doesn't move. Yeah. I agree. That's it. That's the way racing works. You give me a GM bootleg caliper, I'm going to figure out how to attach that GM bootleg caliper to do exactly what I want it to do, and that's why I win. I think truly to 90% of the people, that's why the Bill of Spindle wins. They see in their mind, anybody that's in the, definitely the four group of you has taken off a GM3 caliper <laughs> and seen the wear of a GM3 caliper, and then they take it off a billet spindle or one of these new, either one. Have you seen the pads look amazing? Straight. Right. No, amazing. Right. So I, I just don't understand why if we can't, we can, I, I think we can go back from that billet spindle and reinforce the brake mounts and get that same wear but if brakes are an issue now we're going to spend 500 on some cheap part that they allow us you understand what i mean racers are going to forever throw good money after bad that's just the way we do it you give us the rules we figure out a way to brace that 
make the $20 part a $400 part. I used to spend a week or so fixing brackets for sure. the brakes. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't think a racer is going to stop. I think the racer is going to continue to go on and strive and eat themselves because they want to spend more because we're looking for the next great trick and we're looking for how we can make this better. I think if you made a bootleg mount on that billet spindle, three people would buy them. Because I'm going to tell you that I, I would challenge this group that five people know where it actually moves. What, does the spindle move? How much deflection is in it? People don't have any idea. They just buy. We just we need these. We see them over here. I've, everybody that's bought them, I've asked them, so you, you're having a big problem with spindle pin deflection? Well, we don't know. All right, wait a minute. <laughs> so you just went and spent two grand. I just want to be clear about this, right, because I'm an idiot. You just spent two grand, and you don't know why? Oh, no, they, they, these guys got them. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, g- tell me why, and I'll gladly tell you you should fix that or you should – but they don't know. So I think some of what we have to realize is that racers in today's time, different than before, are looking for avenues to buy speed. I think in the old days, Bushy and I talked about this earlier, everybody's sitting here, you looked at ways to build speed. Mm-hmm. You looked, everybody sitting here looked at a way that they could fire up a welder or use a cutoff wheel or hang a body different. You looked at ways to build speed. Nobody wants to build speed anymore, except for Nelson and a few other people. And you know what? They win. Oh, they win because they build speed every week. How do we penalize them for? You can't penalize them. Right. How do you penalize them? You can't. They're not even in my cards. I'd love to. Right. I would love to go off. But how do you penalize a guy that's doing his own due diligence and winning you're an idiot yeah i mean like like the spindle with marcus i mean it when you started challenging him on what you were going to do with the spindle that just that just was like throwing a switch in the race car and firing it up his brain went to working again to try to beat you out of what what you're going to try to trying to penalize you know the spindle that they designed and you know and he will that's that's what they do and they got the resources and the technology to do it it, it's not even that honestly i don't think it's even about the resources i think if you make somebody mad enough there isn't a single person listening to this deal or a single person sitting in here that you can't make mad enough that they'll do whatever to beat you right like it's a war it's hard for me to sit in here with you guys for the simple fact of i'm telling you it's a war i'm there for one reason and one reason only and it's to beat you yeah yeah, as no, a tech guy I, or as a whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, right. you know, and you've as, seen as, it. As, Me as and a, you went at it to death. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, I'll tell a little story. Uh, <laughs> me, and, me and Roger had a, had a round at the racetrack uh, last year. And, you know, when Two it's all ago. said and done, it, it's, my, it's my fault. Uh, it's, it comes back to, you know, a guy calls you on the phone. And, you're, and, you, and you try to – listen, you, I tend to be black and white on the rules. You know, you try to treat everybody fair. But you got a guy that calls and once in a while and says, "Hey, I got this," and it just so happened is uh, he had the wrong sway bar. I said, "I didn't know the guy. I didn't know the guy from Adam." You know, I did. And just for anybody did. listening, yeah. I yeah. knew yeah. all. Roger, of them. Roger knew him. Trust me, he he knew him well. <laughs> so the guy shows up to racetrack and come to find out, it's you know he's he's pretty stout. Right. So you know, at that point, you know, I, I've I've told him so. Listen, I'll work with you on the car, this, that, and the other. So. Uh, that's kind of stuff we get into. You want to be black and white, and you want to follow the rule book, but then you try to help a, help somebody out that you really think's coming there. It's first time to the racetrack, sitting the other. So uh, it turns you into sometimes 
not being able to be lenient I agree. to a right. guy. I agree. Because, because I got bit right there. I didn't know the guy on the phone. And, and, and the reality is you shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. And I'm because a the rules, I, the listen, rule. I'm a prick. I, I, I knew what it all was. Right. I had it all set up. He was beat before I walked in the tech room. I had two sway bars. I had it all laid out. <laughs> like, he didn't have a chance. <laughs> right? right. And, but I'm that guy because I think if I yeah. – people will get pissed at me because I don't talk to very many people at the racetrack. I, I like to roam around and do my own thing. And the reason is because I like to look at what everybody's doing. And I hmm. see – this particular day, I saw a guy that wasn't in my race car with a sway bar that was wrong. You lose. I'm there with one of my cars. The other car is faster. Me and you are fixing and, a fight, and, or I'm putting that sway bar and the in. Deal what, is what? If if the guy was if the guy was parked on the back corner back there and, and a in a you know fifteenth place car, you know. He'd have come up and thank me. Thanks for thanks for letting us run tonight. You know, <laughs> sure. any other. Right, but he wins a race and then it makes you look. But bad. he wins a race and it's like. Holy smokes! Here, you know, you try to work with somebody and you just get bit. So, uh, if you'd have followed but, the car store rules, they'd have been legal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I like it. That's I think good. that's the best thing that's come out of this show. Yeah. But uh, I, I'll tell you one other thing. You talking about being competitive, like when, whenever I was growing up and and racing all the time, I, I was like you. I, I look back on it, and I made a lot of good f- friends later on. Yes. But during the time I was racing, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't associate with them. They were some that helped me out get started, 100%. Max Presswood right. and, and a lot of folks that helped you get started. And, and uh, But we started going head to head. He pitted on one end of pit road and I pitted on the other. But I never really associated with competitors. I don't – back then, I don't know how it is today. I guess kids play play video games together and have a big old high time. <laughs> but back then, if you if you were buddies with somebody, you end up racing them different. Right. I mean, you, you right. just so I honestly didn't want to be buddies with any right. with them, right? Because I didn't want to have that restriction yeah. on me. That's why but I appreciate uh, the Greg Marlowe Dexter Knipe deal, right? Them two hate each other. Yeah. Dexter bangs him and spins him out to win <laughs> Martinsville or something, right? right? And them two kind of hated each other. Now, like when Greg came to work here. They would go golf, and I'm like, what in the hell? You just would like <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Greg, What would just happen? But they get Greg done racing, right? They're all buddies. And me and Greg, got, I guess, respected one another, but we really weren't buddies. Me and Setzer, Dennis Setzer. Sure. You know, you we were there did, to win. We were there to win, and we were not – we just did not associate with each other. Today, me and him would sit here and talk all day 100%. long. 100%. Uh, so it's uh, – it's, I, I, I can relate to what you're talking about. Speaking of Greg Marlowe, he's uh, been chiming in a couple different times here on the, on the live chat. He said that uh, brakes today are six hundred dollars per axle. Um, not sure, you know, what else to go with that information. But he wants to know what's the black and white on the spindle, you know, rule. Obviously, we know cars, you know, whatever it goes, you know, you bring whatever. Uh, but as far as you know. Say Southern National, like you know, if for the Thanksgiving Classic, what what's the black and white on the spindle rule? I still got to work on it. I mean, it ain't, ain't cut and dried. I got a few more. I got about a month before we start racing, and I got to figure it out. Do I follow NASCAR rule book? Does that really apply for your regular races, though, and limited? It's going to have to if I got late model stocks coming in. You know, the, our rules are geared to get late model stocks. You know, we'll see Terry Deese, and I mean, they and he'll run cars tour some, and he'll come race with us some. But does he have to have two different race cars? 
Yeah, but yeah. if you've got a strong limited program, do you think it'll bleed over? I think it will. 100%. 100%. So, I mean, i got to stay on top of it. You know, spindle, spindle problem for for late model stock guys, you know, it's going to be spindle deal for the limited, just like the engines. You cannot – it's hard. You can do a one-off race without the Harrington and the Ford and stuff right. in there, but you cannot run a weekly program. To me, in our area, you know, it's different in some other places. Right. We don't – without the limited – base where you're going to have enough limiteds to make a race in a racetrack like southern national it's not like some others five cars ain't gonna put on a show you got nah, it nah. and you know that yourself there ain't a yeah. racetrack in america i don't think that five well, cars oh, yes there is anymore. yeah yes, there's there. a couple Figure eight racing yeah there's, there's there's actually several racetracks orange county nah, you don't need more than five cars there i'm telling you you get two of them it's good that'll be a great race last year uh one of the best races i've seen all year was seven cars uh carson quapple and uh chris denny battled for the win at orange county exceptional race but at southern national that is not going to work for yeah, sure so I, you know i got to go into it with you know i got to work whatever angle is working yeah. with nascar because we are nascar wait a minute you're telling me you pay 40 dollars or 30 bucks to go watch one of these races and five cars roll out on a racetrack and you feel fulfilled Dude, at Orange County, absolutely. I, I don't pay to get in, but, you know, that's beside the point. Uh, so maybe maybe that makes me, you know, a little bit more I, I'm lenient. I'm just saying, to like say the normal good, customer that goes on a Saturday night to watch a race, the I normal mean, fan in the stands, I'm pretty for sure he wants to see I'm, 30 I'm, of these things tearing each other up. I, I figure there were six or 800 people at that race. It was the season opener, and uh, I'd say they were pretty pleased. I mean, you get a side-by-side finish at the line, uh guy, you know, running the field down. I mean – it was pretty good. Really, really good. Uh, back to Greg Marlowe. He's uh, chiming in again. He said, uh, who determines if it's forged and or cast and then CNC? For Greg, Greg and Roger's off the same page. <laughs> oh, I love Greg. Right. I love Greg. Uh, Listen, uh, we're going to sit here and a message to NASCAR. <laughs> They're supposed to be getting back with us. Yeah, that's what's going to be intriguing. <laughs> right? Like, wow. See, you got to know at home he's exploding behind the computer yeah. right oh, now. Hey. Like, I love him. I'll, he'll come in here tomorrow. I get to hear all about it. It's a good, Right now, I want to have him on this show. I do have a question about the uh, spindles. Now, we had uh, Thomas Scott last week talking about building his own spindles. Right. Now, where does that fall in line? Because you said the cheaper set are not legal. Now, this no, set legal. is, or, or however it building can, a cast spindle. When, yeah, how does, where does he fall in for building his own in his shop? That's that's within the NASCAR rule. Right. One of you guys take it, but explain to us what the difference between um, the spindles that they've always run and what we have now you go ahead i mean i i can tell you i can can tell you what they what they run in the past but uh that's what it is lightning's more up to date on the uh on the new stuff all right lightning you're up buddy i'm telling you the one they build now the one like thomas is talking about it's actually hand built with flat metal and it's built in a jig to hold everything in place and his, his is actually the same type that um, 51 had. It, yeah, uh, Matt McCall. Matt McCall had. Yeah. Um, yes, they are legal. The problem we is. out of like eight pieces. Right. The, pro- the problem is your two other pieces is they're right there together, but the higher price one is legal because it's three piece and the single one is not. The whole one-piece deal is not, and it's actually a couple hundred bucks cheaper on the spindle. Now, the one like Thomas is doing, it's like 
five hundred dollars cheaper. So, it, oh, it's uh, way cheaper. Right. I mean, I just sell them for three hundred bucks. So, so yeah. the high dollar one are CNC machine. It's CNC yeah. out of one piece. Yeah, yeah. Out of one piece, where I mean, the where the older style spindles are built by flat pieces of metal, and and you, and and he's building his own spindle so he can change the spindle height, the pin position. Now, is the uh, the metal material is that a question as well? On what they're using? They're, they're two different materials. I mean, one is like laser-cut steel or material that you would use. You still buy the slugs, the bosses at the top. Most of it, all the pieces come from a machine shop. But the pieces that he's, the lighting is speaking about are machined out of one piece of billet. Or the, that's why Greg Marlowe is chiming in and wanting to know about forging and casting. Well, he's also asking, right. uh, the spindle rule said manufactured. I'm not... Exactly. I, I'd have to read the rule again. I can't remember. But I, I know I, I kind of know what he's asking. I mean, it, it's the way that the, the rule is written. Um, it really, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of confusing. Yeah, we, we need to get my buddy Jeff Day out here one time. Yes. And, and if you want to see a 1902 spindle on display, Performance Center's got one right outside the front door. Right stop. Here. That's a great doorstop. That thing's been here for 25 years. It, it was here when Tom it, was it here. It came I with know the that. building. Yeah, for sure. I right. got it and a couple of guys came with the building when I bought it. Uh, somebody chiming in here wanting to know when the start of Greenville picking season is. Obviously, that's uh, March 2nd, uh, 10,000 win, limited race. Um, but uh, – I don't want to keep going down the spindle uh, road here, so let's uh, jump over on on something else. What what can we do to, uh, you know, obviously if the engines are in line, you know, now we we feel like, you know, obviously I know you guys mentioned brakes, but is there anything else that you guys see rolling through the tech shed that you go, man, this well, is going to be a problem well, soon? Well, it's an issue right now in super late models, the Gen 6 body. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll be before that becomes an issue in late model. I am told it will be manufactured for uh, late model stocks sometime later this year. So. And is it the same situation as the super late model is five star, the only one that that offers the body? And so I got a I got a good question for y'all. What's the first track that's going to uh, approve that? Southern National. Uh, I can't. I am going to plead. <laughs> it'll be the first track that the first car's got one shows up. Oh, yeah. That's exactly that's what, right. it's gonna that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. I think well, they won't approve it, but South Carolina always seems to let all those bodies right. run first. Somebody told me that uh, somebody has through. one for to run limited, has one of the super bodies to run limited with at Greenville, so we'll see if that's true. Yeah, you always see them. Uh, even when AR did that deal where they did it different, when they come out with the Mustang nose, there was more of the, yeah. the South Carolina tracks all adopted it and allowed it. We sold tons of them down there, but you never really – you know, Ed Cox kind of had one with his little limited late model series. But other than that, nobody, they started down there. Right. UAR, he approved it, I remember. Yeah, but nobody ran it. Yeah, just a couple guys. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Nothing else you guys see? You I, know, coming? I, can, I can see something that come up, and I, I had, like I say, out of the tech shed last year. So, mm-hmm. But something that was, that I seen coming down the pipe was, uh, and I don't, Roger might be able to expand on what's going on on this now, but. It wasn't his cars, but I seen some cars at the time start pulling the door bars in. Yeah. So which ones? The, the door, the door bar, the the right and left side. Well, I think it's both sides. The door. It started with the right, I believe. Correct. The rule just says it has to be concaved. Right. So I at one time they at one time they were out on both sides, mm-hmm. and now the door bars have come in. So. So as time goes. 
they go in they, they work them in a half inch then they work them in an inch and then right. they just keep going until they figure out turn around and look yep. at that car right there what's the right side door bar there's the top ones in there this is yep. not completely good for show straight. and tell on the uh, radio here, right but. it's just completely almost everybody's doing it that way now right um, it, the rule says that it just has to be concaved. Yes. Um, so we've put some bend in them to make them concaved. Um, the the one thing that I find interesting about that is that doesn't seem to affect safety for the simple fact of it's on the right side. Now, we didn't compromise the left side because I think that the drivers, the cars are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and the drivers are getting bigger and bigger and bigger beside the little kids. Right, mm -hmm. so the interesting part is we had to leave most cars. I think the left sides are all in maximum of out. But if they would have had that rule more clearly defined, right. And the problem is now the rule isn't clearly defined. So now I got two hundred of them things out there. So what's going to happen now? Exactly. So now, now the racetracks are putting in the spot when they do come out. If they do come out and correct that rule, and you got all these cars out here, the racetracks want to turn those cars away. For sure. You know, it's right. not going to happen. But I can, you know. I can say that was something that I seen transpiring. You know, it's something that I worry about, to mm -hmm. be really honest with you. I uh, I really worry that we're going to get our customers channeled down a hole. This is why I could never be an engine builder. I, I worry that we're going to get them channeled down a hole that we can't get them back out of. Most of the time, if you buy a car from me, I can tell you that for the next five years, you'll exponentially be able to race it pretty much everywhere. We can put a couple different parts on it here couple different parts on it here but it's not completely throw away where the engine deal has become and that's why lightning you've made me so happy for you to be here the the engine rule has kind of become hey we keep this for like a year and a half and then we either put it back there and wait for it to cycle back through because it will come back through in about five or seven years it's going to be legal again you're all laughing it's fine i, I don't mean it is that not what happens yes but mm -hmm. the chassis deal i super worry that once those things start happening where we get boxed in then we're we lose yeah. then we lose because now we have a safety problem now we have all these problems that, that could truly hurt us in the end and, and that's what i say i just see that starting to close in yeah. well it's it's door bars tomorrow and, and it's you know some well, of it, or today the height of the be. door bars have yep. even changed what's it going to be tomorrow? we walked in here my son you seen our stuff's old sure it's nothing up brand sure. new up to date He's seen one of your cars over there with the, you know, just a chassis. He said, Dad, I really like how the door bars come up on the side over here on the driver's side a lot higher than some of the stuff that he's that he's seen before. That's LaJoy. that's safety. LaJoy's been beating me for years yeah. and years and years. Randy LaJoy and I are really good friends, and he busts my chops on a consistent basis because I think about safety, yeah. but Randy thinks about safety. Like, I think about metal crushing, and he thinks about headrests and ways we should put things in there and he's he's been real influential to me about different things he's told me and really greg helped me a ton try to sturdy everything up back when we kind of went to this style deal to make sure that we were gonna have the safety i just i don't know how we're gonna stop racers from hurting themselves because i am as big of a victim to my own circumstances everybody else right i want to try to do things differently i'm always looking for that something better that we should do racers are never going to be complacent at least not good ones right that's right so i think we have to take the rules as an outline defined area and i i wish i would like to start some kind of a deal where we could get some of you guys that were used to dealing in rules that were so much broader 
because the rules in which you folks had were not everybody thinks these rules aren't clearly defined the rules you guys had were not clearly defined way less clearly defined than this was it didn't say can't be cold rolled steel has to be this they didn't say lightning's laughing I wish you could see one too because it didn't say that and people want more definition now and need to understand that that was some of what made the evolution of the sport great was that there wasn't such clear definition and it gave you guys things to look at and be like wow that was good or no that wasn't take that and get that out of here We we can't do that again and we all kind of work together, but it doesn't seem like that's the way now. Well, and, and that's and, what I want to get back and to. And innovation is what built the sport from from the from the early days. There was, uh, you know, guys in the shop smarter than the next sure, guy working on their stuff. Working on their stuff. It still happens today, but I think it was big steps years ago. Now, now you're looking for smaller gangs. Yeah, but from uh, what I gathered years ago, nobody wanted anybody to know anything, no, which was you cool, didn't right? Share. Like, if you yeah. worked at Kale's, you were on Kale's deal. That's if you worked right. somewhere else, you were on that deal. There there wasn't this big organization of sharing. So do you think the big organization of sharing has caused things to spread so much quicker, which causes these ec- epidemics where mm-hmm. you have a spindle problem? Because in the old days, if we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have X, Y, and Z, you had everybody, to stumble well, across it. Right, it, every, it. You had to, right. And if Langley and I talked about this off air, I think C.E. Falk is legitimately in charge of causing this whole spindle debacle. <laughs> I really do. Wow. <clears throat> no, I, I don't mean that bad. They existed and they were fine, right? And now all of a sudden, see, he's got them, and they get a picture shown of them. Well, no, it wasn't his. I guess he took a picture from what I okay. – the story up. And though. then it explodes, the exuberant potential, and now everybody's hearing rumblings of all this. So you guys just weren't used to dealing with that, somebody putting it on social and it going nuts so that 12,000 people saw it, which is – in in itself a good thing i'm not saying it bad but how do we address it now that there is all that exposure because one thing that you put out on a post or nascar puts out on a post or cars tour can go completely off the radar in an hour and a half yep so because of that happening how do you think we best service the racer themselves through using the same platforms they use through yes i mean well yeah you have to i think yes I mean, I mean, that's the world we live in today. So, where the world we lived in before, it goes right back to what you said earlier. You built speed. Nowadays, you buy speed. I, they, I back just, then, the groups the groups kept stuff secret. They blacked the windows in, wouldn't let nobody in the front door. Right. And right. now, nowadays, they don't do that. They call Roger. But is it because they're the looking to monetize oh, it? Yeah. Like the people that built it, they didn't offer to sell a bunch of those spindles early on. They they Nelson them they are. Richmond, they kept it all pretty, pretty under wraps. They weren't wanting to give it all away when they had it. So how do you? I think the evolution is just so much quicker for you as tech guys, because it, you don't get the four, five, six races to yeah. see what people got, because everybody almost knows what everybody's got, so it happens instantaneously. Yeah, no, right. you got to be on it, and you got to, and when it does happen, you got to react to it and and you know make a change if it's needed or you know at least address it don't let it go six months and then we're you know it's so far out of control by then 
But that's why we're proving why the Cars Tour is getting the results oh, that yeah. they do. Because oh, I they, agree. It, and you I were a part guy. of it, right? I'm not yeah. saying it because you're not. You no. were like pointing over. No, yeah. you were a part of it because you made changes that needed yeah. to happen and didn't have to go through 12 steps yeah. of NASCAR right. bureaucracy to make that happen. Yeah. You've got to be able to say no. Yes. That's it. That's yeah, that's it. I don't like that. Take it off. Right. No. Right. Well, it's not in a rule book. I don't care. Right. Take right. it off. Yeah. Right. And then you've got time to deal with it. Yeah, I got a couple of those NASCAR detrimental to detrimental facts that AJ Foyt's place. Actions detrimental to NASCAR <laughs> racing. <laughs> there was no description of what I really did, but the facts still came with the fine. Right. I mean, and, and officials doesn't do that now. They don't take charge. I agree. I agree completely. I hear stories all the time. So a lot of times people say, well, man, y'all publish everything on Race 22. Man, anything that happens, anybody says anything, nah, man, we don't publish a tenth or less of what people actually tell us. You know, And, and I'm sure they're true stories. I'm, I'm sure. But uh, Darren Hackett uh, chimed in here. He said that the problem is when Winston left – assume he's talking about NASCAR, obviously, there, uh, with the money that was keeping everyone on the same page. Then NASCAR and tracks started looking for money other places, which led to rules, parts, being approved for sponsors, and no one is allowed no one is allowed to go around and keep changes from occurring and keeping everyone on the same page. Well, then they need to get out of the business is the only thing I can tell them. Get out of the short track business. Well, you but know, if you're not going to govern it like it, like it that, was, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's what he's saying. He's saying kind of everybody kind of went in that mode. Yeah, right. that's what I mean. But if NASCAR is saying that sponsorship and the, the money from that right. is what what kept it moving, and we're not moving in that same direction anymore because of the no. You know. But what he's trying to say, and I work for him, so I'm going to take up for him here. <laughs> um, Weston would come to your racetrack and tell you what you could do. They would tell you what color to paint the walls. Right. They, they gave would, you the paint. They gave you yep. the paint. They'd send a man, Jeff, his daddy, send him to your track to paint it for you. But they kept the racetracks all together. The, the sponsors went around and made sure the racetrack stayed on the same page. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. Right. Same it's thing we've been talking about pretty much. Somehow. That's why we're all going to go to Cars Tour Rules. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it's a fix. <clears throat> um, I mean, it really is. It's uh, a fix for the short track. I, I, I like it as an exceptional late-mile stock car thing. I, I really. I mean, it, it's a fix for our, you know, 13 to 20 tracks, depending on who's operating at the time. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a fix. We're, we're all – that's the group of cars. I mean, everybody tries to make super late models work. I mean, Pass has done yeah, it. Somebody called Gone you today, Roger, and said, I'm going to run Hickory every week. I need you to build me a car by the NASCAR rules. And then and then he also said, oh, by the way, I'm going to run cars races too. Build me a car for a cars race. Is it's there a tough. difference in costs? No. I, I, I think they're yes and no. I think that the sad part is now, like anything else, budget determines this sport, meaning – and I feel so guilty asking it, but when people call me and want to buy a new car, they get mad at me thinking I'm trying to store all their money, and I'm really not. What I want to know is how fast do you want to go with how much you have? Mm-hmm. Because we could legitimately build a car for probably thirty-five, forty thousand that you could brand new run at Hickory. But my cars to her cars are 
49 just from the extra stuff that they put on them. You know what I mean? They want rem polished everything. They want you understand what I mean? They want all ground tube. They want those most of those guys they want quality over quantity because they're racing as a profession. The guy that comes in at five o'clock after working his job, that's acceptable to him to have a non-ground car, to have old set of non-moog racing ball joints in it, right? Those are those things are acceptable to him. The interesting part is it's about people's perception. People perceive that the cars tour has to have the baddest stuff of the bad, where people at Hickory think that I can just go run. But what they don't understand is if they want to win and they got to race against two people that compete at the level at the car store competes, you best start working. Right. You and best I guess start that working. That was my, my point when we, you know, because one of the things you hear is, you know, it's too expensive to run a car store deal. To, you know, the tires sure. and this and the other. Sure. And they say you almost have to have a different car. And and in a way, I, I can see that you know, just like the spindles, unless you want to. Yeah, but I don't. Up. I don't. I think but, it's bolt-on parts, right? Let's let's be yeah. completely realistic about this. It's not like, right? It's not like you can move the clip of six inches to the left in one. And but let's let's be realistic. It's no different than a kids that race go karts. If you, they put different motors on different cars. You know, I used to watch an old timer that he raced, and he put three different. He, he only had one car, so he'd race three different motors on the same car in three different classes. They'd split him up, and and. I don't think the car is monstrously different. I think the cars tour to compete, a guy has to bring his A game because he's held to that accountability because the other people in the cars tour bring their A game, so therefore it ups it. And I guess that's what I'm getting at, and it's kind of the point I was getting across, is a lot of people feel like they uh, they need to go buy NASCAR rules because it's less expensive. But what what you're just saying, it's where you want to run. You want to run up yeah, front, and you run a fifth. So, with that said, if there's no different really cost savings, then why not follow the cars rules? Right. Uh, if if there was a huge safety right. issue or a cost issue, right. then I would say lean back toward the NASCAR side. Uh, but Lightning, do you think there's a performance event? I hate to go to the spindle deal because I've so had enough of it. But <laughs> I, I want to make one thing that I'm having a real hard time with. Beside the brake, beside the the and, and brake, we've right. tested this. Beside the the brake deal, nope. And where do you think there is a lick loaded difference nope. between the deflection in the two spindles? I don't. I don't either. But I mean, we're not racing in Atlanta. Right. right, we we don't have a cup car with thirty seven hundred pounds of load on the right front. I mean, do do you? I I don't. I think that's the biggest misnomer. To be one hundred percent honest with you, I think people don't know, so they think they gotta have it. I think people don't know what it does or how it affects. And you've done the research and put the time in. Do you really believe, from a tech man standpoint? That at your normal racetrack beside Martinsville, I'm going to say beside because Martinsville's heavy braking, right? So I think it falls into that criteria of it could be an advantage there. If we were able to shore up the brake bracket in some way that there would be any kind of advantage to the racer. This is you as a tech guy that's done, have all the analytics behind it. If you was able to stoughten the brake bracket up, would be the best thing could happen at Martinsville. I agree. Um Back to what Scott said, Pulliam won at Myrtle Beach this year with a car that 
was really out of date. Um, Mike, uh, you mean Matt McCall, right? Matt McCall Matt won with a car that was out of date yeah. at Southern National. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dick McCaskill won at Orange County with what 2013 car. Yeah. It, it's still like you said in the boat on stuff, but when I was with Carl on Scott Riggs, Scott Riggs was anal on everything had to be free. Everything, you know, keep everything free turning, new stuff. So we were spending money then to run All Pro and Lake Mile Stop, just like they yeah, are but he's now. He's cheap for his kid. You got to remember that was for him. He's a Jew now. He don't do stuff like that because <laughs> it's for his kid. I just want to say that on air. He and I are really good friends. It, when it, when he was racing, because I remember that time, it was Katie bar the door. His kid, no, nah, we can just weld that. Just send me the clip. I'll put it on myself. But time-wise, if you spend any time and you're going to want the best, and when you go to a racetrack, you go to win. I don't care who you are, you go to win a race. So you're going to do your best to have your best game. I don't think the car is to a cost no more, especially with Jack with his – Benefits he gives. Oh, for sure. With three race money, um, your two and twelve money. I mean, it's money to be got. I right. mean, just like Orange County, with his thirty thousand to win race. I mean, that's money to be got. Of course, you're gonna have some A games there. But if I had one, I loaded up and carried. I stand a chance of them wrecking. That's right. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a hundred percent right. Right. I mean, you know. It's it, money it, depends on how how much you want to spend. That's right. <laughs> how much you want to end up with you, depends you, how much you want to spend up front. If he's one of if he's one of the made game cars, you don't you can't wait for his spindle to break because it ain't gonna break. No, but I, I you know <laughs> I just don't. I, I think there's I think there's so much being made about this, and I really think it's kind of a complete deflectionary process. Meaning I I don't. I don't think it's where it is, and, and somebody's getting ready to make some money off it, and I hope they do. I hope they crush the world, um, but. I'm just going to keep building my fabricated spindles here. <laughs> and, I mean, we ain't break any in years, so I'm just going to keep going with that, and we're going to work on the brake bracket, try to not run everybody out of business. A couple of different comments coming in. Uh, Jamie Sweeney uh, chiming in said that uh, late model racing, he sees late model racing going in the direction of Grand National. Uh, I guess talking about earlier, we were talking about, you know, how <clears throat> they split off and went in a different direction. He said his dad ran around short tracks, and the rich took it over, and now it's just like Xfinity. Um, he said, tell me we aren't making another Xfinity direction division. I would say he's probably partially right there. I would agree with that, too. Yeah. Um, I would kind of agree with that. David West uh, chiming in said that uh, somebody needs to call Deke McCaskill and ask him what you can run cars tour for and compete. It can be done, but you can't buy talent. They don't see and see that or forge it. <laughs> That's a true so, statement. I, I actually like that is. statement. I mean, because go I ahead, worked Bushy. a mass tour. We had eight different winners in eight races last year, and I got three quarters of the ones that ran with us last year. Out of all them, there's three quarters of them are happy. I got two or three of them that complain about the guy that's been winning, right. and and like I told him, I said until you can reproduce his DNA and be as good as he can, you're not going to be. You you know you're going to have to right. get, get on to his work. level driving. Right, get to work and work on the car to beat him. Yep. Not me in the tech shed, not Ron making his rules or whatever. You got to have to actually outrun him. 
Yeah. And it's just some people don't want to do that. They just rather yeah. complain about it and then, you know, go from there. Well, of course. I was talking about the old timers earlier. Um, as an old timer, you didn't go complain. You figured out what everybody else was doing, and you tried to one up the next time you showed up at the track. Right. I mean, yeah, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Mark Martin and uh, Gary Blue in it, and uh, they were talking about different things that they did over the years and seen on each other's cars. And he's like, "Well, I didn't go tell the tech guy about yours. I just went and built one like it. You know, I seen what you were doing. That's what I'm." Kilby's gone. That's where me and him got into it. I said, "Listen, (laughs) I'm cool with this sway bar. I'm just going to put mine in." Well, no, you can't do that. No, no, I'm cool with it. I I just want to slide mine in there so I can run it also. That's where we started our huge fight. I'm cool with him doing it. I just would like it myself. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what racers used to do. Now we just uh, now they just get on Facebook and Twitter and cry about what everybody else has got. I never complained. I just if I seen it, I went back and built it. Yep, worked harder. That that's been an well, I was. That's that's been an overwhelming an overwhelming statement on this show that like many of the people that we've interviewed that have done really well that's kind of been their thing right like i just work i I just work harder and more and harder again then when i want to go home i work more and those are the guys that end up being successful because they put in the time right um got a couple questions for you know you guys individually here um I'll start with you, Kenny. Um, oh, boy. Um, what, tell us, explain when you were at NASCAR, explain to us what your role was and uh, what you learned there. What my role was. I How you would define it. I wish we had video. His face right there was uh, we, really we good. Got, we got video. That we'll put really it up. Good. He point. looked like, oh, man, i got to think about how to answer this one. I guess I was the technical liaison between the racetracks and nascar for that i guess okay what what did that you know for you what did that entail what did what were you doing specifically what when you were at the office what were you doing and when you were at the racetrack what were you doing i mean we've already established they were all on different rules and they have been for a while so what were you doing i was uh, talking trying to make myself accessible to the racers and when they had problems I wanted to listen to them you know if they wanted to put a two before in the trunk I kind of blowed that off but you know <laughs> if you get four or five guys coming hey we've got an issue right here we need to work on this we need to do that I've made notes right you know and then I would uh, then I would uh, be into engines cars or whatever it had be and then I'd start calling around to if it was a car issue I'd start calling around to the car builders and ask them about you know what's this? What's going on here? How can we make this better? What 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 rule do we need? What do we don't? You yeah. came up here. I'll give you credit on yeah. that. He came up here. Lynn, I've owned this place ten years now. Lynn has been here one time, and you've come one time. That's the only buddy from NASCAR. And we asked. I think we asked you to come, and mm-hmm. Greg and I sat here, and you came and helped us clarify a couple rules. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we've never ever seen any kind of representation. And that's basically how. How we done? How I done the rules is just, you know. And then the officials went to talk to all the officials. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd ask, come up, to Scott. What, what would you like to see different? What, what's giving you an issue? You know. Mm-hmm. And then I'd kind of go through that and see what I could do. And that was basically it. Can all the tracks around here get together? 
you've dealt with all of them. You've dealt, right? You, you've been the one guy, right, here. You've all, I guess all four of you, but you've worked in that role with all those tracks. Do you think that there's any shot of those five or six or seven tracks or eight tracks to get together on it's anything? About 13. Yeah, but we're talking about the primary lead mile soccer track. No, I mean, we're back to that same topic. It's, it, it's whatever they can do to get a car next week. What, not uh, all of them. Now let me let me say not all of them. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't take but one or two or three right. to screw the whole thing up. I don't know how to fix that. And I think if you look at it, I think the tracks that aren't doing that are the most successful ones. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, South Boston would be a great example. They are by the rule book. I mean, you worked there last year, some David. I mean, they are straight, you know, by the rule book, and they have the most cars. I mean, that should tell the other ones that, okay, you know, maybe we need to get on this this page here, and it may not work out for us, you know, day one or week one or uh, you know month one, but eventually that's going to work out for us. I uh, think racers forget they can choose to go to a different racetrack. Well, I mean, mo- most racers today, there's there are travelers they are in the car store and they go to other racetracks, but most of them today, they're going to race where they're going to race. I agree. So whatever yeah. the rules are, if the racetrack says no, you can't do this, well, okay, we can't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It goes back to Kenny. You said earlier, you just have to say no. Mm-hmm. But they're they're not willing to because they think they're going to lose them. When in reality, they're not going to lose them. Right. They're not going anywhere. A racer who wants to race at Kingsport or Motor Mile or Langley or Southern Nash, they ain't going anywhere. That's where they want to race. They more made, than likely, that's they where they have their sponsors. Yeah, they, right, right. But yeah. they're coming back. That's right. I mean. I've seen examples of that, you know, all the time. A guy leaving and going and doing something else, and then here he comes. You know? I ain't never coming back. Right. And usually a guy that says that, he is the first one to the gate the next week just to make sure they're still going to let him in. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. I always laughed when I was promoting races. I always laughed at a guy when he told me, well, I ain't never coming back. All right, buddy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's funny. I'll see you next week. Then Thursday he calls. Hey, man, can I come back and test? Or? Usually Thursday he was there to practice. Yeah, there you go. He was open go. practice. Hey, man, everything's good from last week, right? Yeah, everything's good. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Um, back to, you know, your time at NASCAR. Um, what were your biggest challenges working there that, you know, obviously getting the tracks to you know, be on the same level? Yeah. I mean, that's it. Just that was your biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, was there anything, aside from that, at that job that you wanted to accomplish but you never got a chance to? Not – well, I wanted that – I wanted to, I wanted a class for the officials. Yeah. I was – you know, I really wanted everybody to be on the same page and, and, and uh, give them an opportunity to learn their jobs. Did the tracks not want it or you just didn't have time to implement it? I don't know. I don't know, uh, you know. What I'm saying is, did NASCAR snuff it out? Or did the tracks were like, no, we don't have time to send Kilby to get him educated? No, I was. it was all online. I was working for all online. Hey, I was one of those that chimed in on that, did participate in that. Yeah. Words, so you oh. did it online, mm-hmm. and your participation was nil. Mm-hmm. Well, almost. I'm not dogging it. I yeah. want to know that people... Right, people. The whole, the only thing I want to do with this is, I think this can do a lot of great things. I think a lot of people don't get to talk to you guys all the time, so this can really expose some of the great things you were trying to do that got snuffed, and maybe it rekindles them, maybe it does whatever. But 
if you tried to implement it, it didn't go. Why did it not go? The racetracks didn't care. Your opinion. The racetrack didn't care. The officials didn't care. They just wanted their 50 bucks. Uh, were... I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I will say, I mean, Kenny promoted that, and it, it was it was an inner circle that everybody could participate on the officiating side, and he he did push that and try to get some involvement. And I'm talking at, about and it was countrywide. It was, it was sure. very limited yeah. on what people posted and stuff. And there know. is a big call That's, for officials to be to move in. And we ain't gonna live forever, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at a lot of local racetracks. That's one thing I'll say is we need younger people to try to move in there to, to some kind of positions to move up the ranks at the local short tracks to, to take over these positions. There's a lot to be, a lot they can learn and, you know, and use that in different, you know, aspects of life to track. Do, do you see very many young people wanting to be a part of that? There, there's some. I know that Nicholas helps with, uh, with cars tour and he helps lightning like a lot of other races and he is mm-hmm. probably one of the most eager to learn the correct way to do stuff and ask questions i wish it was a probably about 15 or 20 more right but it you know it was a, uh if scott had a problem he could ask the question and he had the whole country to answer for him you know or help him answer it yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i like it but it didn't you know there's just no no one in that there was three or four of us that correspond back and forth. Yeah. Gotcha. That surprises me. That I didn't know that before today. That that surprises me. It really uh, does. And on, it was online training. How to take a carburetor, how to... Do it at home, do whatever. Uh, yeah. Videos. Couldn't get nobody so to So you did the videos? Some of them. Some of them. Gotcha. Some of them's already there, you know, for the upper echelons. Gotcha. I was trying to think of... I mean, Shane Laws got on there... Some, I believe. Karen Tunnel. Uh, uh, so there's a few. But You know, what's interesting about that is all people that are still involved. Right. <clears throat> all people that are still involved. Not, you know what I mean? That they cared enough to invest that the time in it, and they're still trudging to try to better themselves. I find that intriguing. Um, Lightning, um, I, I guess, you know, one of my questions specifically for you is, what's the biggest challenge for you when you go to tech uh, car store, and then you go to a NASCAR track. What's what's the biggest challenge between the two? Not being on the same page. I mean, tech's different. The cars tour, they they roll through every week. Mm-hmm. A pre-tech. Mm-hmm. Um, bodies. We check stuff. Safety. We do safety three times a year, as far as major safety checks on them, and then. We'll pick something each week to look. Um, and then when you go to a NASCAR track, they're crunched for time so much that a lot of times the only check you can do is pretty much after qualifying and after the race. And that's where you get into a lot of trouble. Because yeah. stuff that you could have caught beforehand and had it fixed, which that in return pays to get out of the building and walk up and down pit road and look at stuff. Right. Um, I mean, do you think part of that's a product of racetracks trying to have a shorter, more compact day? I think so. That's, and yeah. But then you have to walk out and do visuals. That's the thing. you got to get out right. there and look. Right. And this incident set certain tracks last year was visuals right. that was seen. 
do you, do you see a lot of racetrack, a lot of tech people, you know, in, in your travels, any of you guys can answer this, that aren't doing that? I mean, I don't want you to call anybody out, but. I do. I do. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everybody. Gotcha. I um, use race monitor, stopwatch, video, everything, every time I get to class it is. Right. You need to know what they're doing on the track. You got to know and I do I walk around, I'll watch a back window. If I see the back windows sucking in, when they come off the racetrack, they'll see me there. You know, especially when, we, you know, they got rammed about it first time they went to Bristol about body braces and stuff. Mm-hmm. When the year started, by the time we got to Bristol, they were, we were all on the same page on how, what, and everybody pretty much was there. I didn't have to say a whole lot about how it. How much stuff do you catch in pre-tech? You mentioned pre-tech, do you catch a lot? I didn't mean that, honestly. Do you think that people... They'll bring you, you five pe- things right. that you could find wrong, and there's one of them they're going to make sure you find wrong, and hopefully they'll let you you fix that one thing and let them you slide. You only know that because you're a racer. You played that game before, <laughs> right? Like so, <laughs> And you all have. I'm Which not, I, I just, think all of us have yeah, been on that same side. 100%. Yeah. I just I always used to laugh at the pre-tech thing, right? I'm yeah. like, yeah, right. It just like gives we're rolling you, through here with the right stuff, right? It, you know what it, I mean? Yeah. Come on. It really gives you a way, though, not to have to – get in an issue at the end of the night over something stupid. Yeah. Because you can fix yeah. that ahead of time. That's like an ambush. Something just obvious. Right. Yeah. And you just, well, I'm throwing yep. you out. For, that's just an ambush to me. Right. So if you can get that little stuff knocked out and you don't have, which cars to, we're kind of lucky on that. We tech, we don't have a protest. So it's just tech or either going to a dyno. And we are going to pull some, engine parts off this year a little more i appreciate that i think that's great i mean because the dyno stuff we did on the money we just want to make sure these heads are not being took too far i mean so you guys don't allow protests has it always been the case i didn't know like it is on every torn series yeah interesting never knew that i didn't know that either yeah very interesting um it's left in our hands to govern it like it should be governed man shouldn't have to spend it you know. right. And if we got a problem, it's like Dominion oh, or yeah. any other racetrack, we fix it. Yeah, we fix right. it. Right. I, you know, when I that when that, that deal happened, I just I, the person was forewarned the last cars race of that the following season, if he showed up with it at the next race, which was Dominion, and it happened, and I came to that person that Friday. I said, "You got a chance now to to make it right and go ahead and, and take it out." elected not to do it and after the race i keyed the mic up on the radio i said that car leaves victory lane if it's touched the hood's touched or anything's touched on it by the time it gets to me in the tech shed it's disqualified i said when it gets here i don't want nobody in the tech shed but the driver and me and i took my paint marking pen and i marked the distributor i marked the carburetor i marked everything i wanted to mark and i told him i said i want the carburetor i want the air cleaner i want the headers i want the exhaust system i want the motor the clutch I want everything. I want to sit right. I had my unfolded me a card table and set it right there, and every piece come off. I put a piece of tape on it. I autograph. I put my initials on it, and the driver put his initials on it. It went in the back of the car's tour van, and it went. It was history from there. We had a 604 crate that was making 513 horsepower at 6800 RPM. So. That's a dandy. Yeah. So anyhow, you know, I think that's, that's another issue too. Is is uh, the chain. I think officials get themselves in trouble by not taking care of their. No, you got to do. You, you know, it's, it, well, he he gone a whole lot more than I did when I was there. 
It's chain of evidence. Yes. You got to keep your hands on it. You got to keep your hands on it. Right. And you got to stand behind it right When we left Kingsport, I followed the truck back to the shop, and I spent the night at the motel there and went to the dino room next morning. So we don't lose sight of it. That's one thing I'll say about you know, the stuff that I did with the cars, it was handled correctly. I think the chain is part of the problem. I think it's different. I think when you used to leave a racetrack, if you were a Saturday night racer, you know whether you won or you lost when you left. And I understand that it's not the same time. <laughs> Lightning just bowed up in a seat. I understand. The, the, I understand. <laughs> but here's the thing that I think. I think that is it really gotten so sneaky that we need to go back and check everything you guys are pretty sharp dudes let's not bullshit anybody you pretty much have seen most of the games played in the book how many times can we not just make the decision right there you know whether there isn't a single one of you that doesn't 99 percent of the time know whether it's wrong or right when it gets placed in your hand (laughs) but she's smiling i know it is i've i've watched it (laughs) You forget I'm a student of the game. You know whether it gets put in your hand. And I'm not even saying who brought it to you because we've already established that this is a small group of people and you guys do your due diligence of walking around and seeing things. So my question is, beside that one little bleed hole that they accidentally bored larger in the carburetor, but but 90% of the time, why can't we get a decision right then? You you. The racer wants to know. He's scared to death because now for two days he's freaked out whether my cam's right or wrong. He already knows whether it's right or wrong, but he's still Mm -hmm. freaked out about how you're going to interpret his cam right or wrong. So is it not – do we need to go that far with it? Do do we need to take it to where we – Well, my case on a lot of it, and I'm also doing the Southeast Limited, so I've got – Race in Orange County. You do it all, all one time. Orange County last year, guy pretty well dominated. So I put his heads in his intake, and I took back with me. The reason I took him back with me, I wanted to make sure that when I give him his decision on Monday, that I done cover every base. Yeah, I can I can applaud that. I just but it's certain things that you look at. Yes, you can make a call. If you see gouge marks inside the head, it's done. I mean, you know it's right. wrong. That's the Kerry Bodenheimer gauge, right? He's yeah. just take his finger. <laughs> right. Like, he threw me out of a race at Kingsford. He took his finger in there. He's like, it's got the right numbers on it, but it's wrong. I'm like, what? Just don't feel right. <laughs> now, okay, let's go with that. End of the, end of the story. That, that's the end, right? Is it no gauge? Nope, ain't no gauge. I think it was made wrong from the factory. It's wrong. I'm like, sweet. We, we, we at Hickory always, we tried to leave the racetrack with it done. With a final decision, there was there was sometimes let's say a camshaft for instance. Sure, something you can't uh, do there. Right, which which you, you know could. we got we we, we got forever. where we rolled them in the car, right. and uh, and but even at that, we I knew it was wrong. Right, knew that's what I wrong. mean. That, that, knew that, it was that. wrong, but we went just you out give of, the just, benefit of the doubt. Just yes. the benefit of the doubt, or we wanted a backup proof in black that's and right. white. Here's what the here's what the camshaft shows. It is wrong. But why? Outside, why does outside the track need black? You control the show. Just Listen, say, you're out. That's no, the way no. it works. No. Right. No. You're right. I I, I appreciate that the most. I mean, why is it? That's what I live back. by. That's what I, that was my officials. No. It's either right or wrong. That's it. There's, why? Cause no. Right. And you talk about learning stuff from officials and all. You take somebody like 
I learned a lot from Chad Hunter. He's to me, his hands mm -hmm. were like a set of dial calipers. I mean, yeah. he could he could run his fingernail across mm -hmm. something or turn it just right with his hands and feel it. And then he, then he would take the mic and put on there and double check it. And it was exactly what he said it was. And he you know, he's never seen the camshaft before. Yep. And, and you can and, and as officials, you pick up on a lot of stuff like that. And even Scott, I've done, me and him worked together on a few motors and stuff like that and i learned a lot from the way he did stuff and picking up on stuff i mean if i wish you'd like you say and get some some more people involved and it would make it a lot easier across the board if everybody you know learning and, and going on the same more path. education more for education the, more education for the officials. that's right it, it needs to be done but aren't the officials mostly a, a lot of all part-time and even you folks have been when you were for hickory it's not like you were a full-time employee right. right it was a part-time <laughs> right. gig. you work full-time hours let's yeah. let me rephrase you work full-time hours with part-time pay right, right. right. i mean and i'm not dogging is, anybody uh, just... and it and that's the tough part and that's probably one of the reasons that i mean i i backed out of it last year you know it's you know i think Kevin run 26, 28 races at Hickory. And then, then when you're off, uh, you spend time at these lower divisions. You think late model stock car, tough. Deal with street stocks. Yeah. And you, you, yeah. you know, that, that's just one piece of the pie for all of us yeah. sitting here. It's it's the limiteds. It's mini the stock. street stocks. It's you the renegades. Yeah, it's the mini stocks. Those are you know, yeah. and, and you're talking about not a rule book. So, so even on your day off or whatever – Gary Stewart's junkyard. I spent several Saturdays measuring metric educated. cars. Yeah. You know, just trying to get an education, what's right and wrong with some of these lower divisions. But, uh, but yes, you know, most of us, unless, I don't know, Light, Lightning might be rich. For, I don't know. He might not have to work during the week. I but work for Dan Hackett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I know Lightning. He, we're all on the same page, and we were working during the week. So yep. it is it is extremely tough to stay in front of those guys that now a lot of them a work right. 80 hours a week at the shop to, to try to beat you so you're right. always playing catch up and uh you know in, in my position you know I, I gained more responsibility at work it was taking up more of my time when i'm off work it's not cut and dry my job now is i have to you know i'm, I'm always thinking folks and it just absolutely you know your your mind's set on work and trying to figure something out at work and Here's a street stock guy calling, saying, "Why, why, what kind of intake can we run on? You know, yeah. next year, every day. You know, and it's that every day, so it breaks your concentration. Plus, you know, a couple of grandkids come along and on. I wanted, listen, I I raced when I was younger, and my kids were young. Uh, you know, I tell this story. My wife mowed the grass. I think I mowed the grass twice in That's four awesome, years." And, you know, because I was gone racing or working at the race shop all the time, you know, and I, the you know, there's a I got another in. story. Yeah. Oh, we was sitting there on the on the bed one night, and it was one of the nights I was home for a change, and my wife always done the prayers with the, my daughters and read them a story, and it's 9 o'clock at night. I never remember. I remember this, and, uh, and I was home for a change. I spent a little time with the daughters and the wife, went in there to re say their prayers and, and uh Read her bedtime story. It's nine o'clock. Next thing I know, she was waking me up, and I was sitting up. So she put me to sleep, right? You know, because I was just wore out. Yeah, just wore out. Yeah. And uh, my wife's watching this right now, and we're racing with my son back here, and still trying to work on the side of the tech part when I can. 
and work work my job and and do that and spend time with her and she sacrifices a whole lot and which all wives do to involved in motorsports mm-hmm. so i don't care what they are they're the ones that need to you know uh, some kind of award at the end of the year for being you know especially doing both sides racing and officiating right. at the same time it's it's a lot too especially uh you know when i do the street stock deal we do a race at dillon south carolina on new year's every year and we have 60 to 50 to 60 cars every year from every part of the country and all the rules are different and then me ron and his dad you know we'll mold everybody together and, and makes it a pretty good show every year you'll see it uh, street stock i just want everybody to understand that you guys aren't making a million dollars no and that you're you, I think that's something that I have forgot over my course of interaction with many of you. I think, you know, we take it such a serious deal because there's so much money invested in it and so much time and work and whatever. But I think that people forget that you have normal jobs and do normal things and try to do other things on top of normal things. And if there's ways that they can work better with their local tech guy to educate him on things that may be happening i think that's a win right like i can't believe anybody that calls you i you and i used to do it all the time mm-hmm. you would ask me what do you got going on these truck arms now <laughs> and i'd be like man nothing uh, here's what i see <laughs> right but yeah and you'd get underneath there and still pull them all apart it wasn't like i was winning no trophy he was still taking everything apart but we we talked well, about yeah. a lot of different things to try to to try right. to make it better it's just and, like i came down here and two or three I don't know. I know a couple times at night after everybody left when Greg was here. Sure. You know, just to look sure. at and get up speed, especially when I first started on the tech side, what was the latest and greatest. So there's a lot of time spent outside the racetrack just trying to stay caught up and uh, and, and trying to That's stay on top to of it. things. And it, it's it's tough. And, you know, luckily you have people like yourself and, and Greg and and, and I'll, even Hedgecock, you know, he, he yeah, Jake does a great job. And uh, so it's good to have a good relationship with all those folks because they right. can help you. Because I, I know, you, like you're trying to get the edge, sure. But there again, you don't want somebody to have the, to edge the edge over 100%. you. Hundred percent. So right. uh, you might have uh, to weed good. through some of the comments to get to the truth, but you get right. there, right? And and then and then the racers themselves are are really your best helpers, you know, because oh, yeah. they'll 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 inform you. They'll yeah, they'll, they'll let tell you, you know. a lot of time if. If they're winning with it, you'll never hear a word about it. But if they're getting beat by it, you'll hear about it. So, right. you know, talking about it a good little deal, maybe you offer them 100 bucks if they rat somebody else out, then it's wrong. Or let them <laughs> oh, take wow. care of themselves. Listen, that's, that's Kenny. Everyone on the radio, that's Kenny Hunley saying that. I don't, I don't, never, Kenny has ever, 100 bucks to never, give up, I guess. Wow. Listen, I, I, would, I wouldn't go in the no, back of somebody's... I'm talking about the racetrack, if, you know. Instead right. of, instead of paying officials, just go in the say, back I'll of give you 100 bucks if you rat the other guy out. I wouldn't go in the back of somebody's trailer to eat chicken wings. You know? <laughs> right. Because yeah. you're you afraid, want, 100%. Right, because right. I'm afraid the what people, the perception right. would be. Well, well, I say, you bring those chicken wings and set them off in the tech shed. They'll, they'll, be, they'll, gone. they'll, they'll be, gone. be gone. They'll be gone. But yeah. I'm not going to your but what trailer. what would you think and if you was racing and you seen that? Yeah. I lived through yeah, it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would, right. So. And that's the biggest thing I want people to remember going forward is you guys are all racers. I think what happens is somehow in a racer's mind when you convert over – to being an official now you become the enemy in me it's the same thing right it's broken my mind is broken now i have to beat you you are the guy that's keeping me from getting what i want and i think the intriguing part of that is it's not really the case 
it's not really the case of you keeping me from getting it as much as I just need to work harder to try to find better areas that I can improve. And they think that none of you have ever been to the racetrack before, right? You've never, you don't understand their point of view, that, but those are all things that are not true. You're all racers. Every one of you told your story of, you know, 40 plus years of experience. And maybe that's a way that we could bridge that communication between tech people and is come at it from these people are at least the four guys sitting in here are very educated, know what's going on. They're not, maybe they don't catch everything right. They'll be willing to listen to you if they haven't caught it right. But no, at one point he was you. He was you. He was that guy that's 22 years old that wanted to make it. Greg Marlowe says y'all are the dark side. (laughs) Right. right. Us against them. That's it. Right. Uh, Tell which him to is come why, over. We yeah. got cookies <laughs> and chicken wings. Apparently, yeah, I keep right. trying to get him. I think he should be the head of NASCAR. That's what I keep telling him. I think he should take it over. Can you imagine that? I mean, he's already throwing rule books in the trash can. <laughs> right. So. That, that would be the greatest thing that ever happened. We were talking about uh, uh, learning and keeping up with stuff, and you were talking about you know crawling under your car and looking at your trailing arm. Sure. There's many a time. Uh, at, at the racetrack, and I'm sure these guys do the same thing. You 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 tell somebody to jack their car up, take all four wheels and tires off of it, and you roll underneath of it. First thing they ask you is, "What you looking for?" I'll let you know when I find it. Yeah, <laughs> and listen, I, from my aspect, I I don't know. Right. I, I don't know what I'm looking. You know, sure, I'm looking for rubber, but you know, make sure it ain't got sure. rubber bushings in the trailing arms. Looking to make sure that it's welded up. Make sure the U bolts is tight. Those type stuff. But on a, the biggest thing is you're just rolling underneath there trying to get an education, trying to see what's going on right. and trying to see where things are headed so you can know what's... You know, I, I found that intriguing. I, uh, the gentleman that did the super late models in the car store, I'm terrible with names, uh, did it last about year. David? David. David, yeah. yes. Yeah. He, he told me, you know, we built those super late models for David Gill and racing, mm-hmm. and they won the car tour championship with that, those deals. And he said, everybody complained every week about what we were doing with the rear end of that car. He said, I was underneath that car 16 times. There was nothing illegal going on there. And people couldn't fathom that. They couldn't fathom that it was just geometrically changing. He was over everything on that car, and people still didn't accept the fact that they're just really, they're solid rods. We can only make them go, you can't make them collapse and not collapse, but people wouldn't believe him. But that. he said the same thing. I'm not looking for one thing that's wrong. I'm looking at all of the things because I've never seen a car do that on the racetrack before. And 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 roll under one of your cars 15 times. You know, we pretty much know when we roll under there what we're going to see and probably not going to see it. But you still have to do it because you need to make sure that guy that finished second feels like he got fair treatment when he goes out the gate. Well, I did and and if you don't do qualifying. anything like that, you you know uh-huh. you I think you do a disservice to the guy who finished second, and yep. and, and sure you don't tear a motor down every week, but uh, my from my perspective, I just wanted when they left the racetrack that they they felt like we just didn't overlook anything yeah. obvious. That's right. So, no, I've done it after qualifying before. Jack went up and slide up underneath it. One of my he qualified on the pole, and I slid up underneath it. And I'm a sizable guy, so I take up the hole underneath of the car. <laughs> well, I bumped the header, and I'm like, mm, that header don't. It should be a little bit warmer than that, being we just come off the racetrack. Well, after the race was over, I pulled them headers off for me. Pulled them off, took my brake cleaner, my rag, and 
They look like they's coated on the inside. That's probably why they weren't as hot as they should have been. <laughs> well, in the Rascal rule book at the time, you couldn't coat the inside of the headers, so he was wrong. I mean, but if I hadn't jacked up that jacket, you like me when they jack that car up. If you if yeah. your belly don't get hot, that's right. Then something's going on, right? Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that, that more, more aggravating than to, to tell somebody to go get their jack stands and jack it up, and you tell them, say, "Listen, get the thing up." You know, I got a little gut on me. I got to get yeah. under the car, it. and it's like they come over with the shortest no, jack man, stands they got. <laughs> like, listen, when I, when I worked for Fish, when I worked for James Fish, wow. we had some built that were the smallest jack stands you could ever. Gadget used to get so mad because we were only raced a car six inches uh, and he would be squeaking <laughs> under that was the game man that was the uh, game still uh, playing it, right it was great mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes you gotta say go get your other jack stand a, a bunch of racers have asked me over the course of the last little bit and i don't know the answer to this and you guys are the perfect panel to ask this to how do you make a determination of how far you're gonna tear something down or how far you tech something with knowing that they're gonna take on the costs of repairing that back together does that make sense like you don't you don't as and there's nobody here i don't think that wants to run anybody out of racing you're all here free will because you want to be and want to make it better mike a lot of people i hear well they're picking they just pulled the heads or they're picking on me because of this or how much goes into what it's going to cost that racer to go like i think lightning has to tech way different than what Kilby would have had to tech at Hickory for the simple fact of Kilby's going to get to see that same motor two or three times before you understand where the cars tour, you may only see it once. How do you guys determine what that cost is going to be to the racer? Because he can't win 3000 and we tear $6,000 worth of stuff apart, and and now he's really pissed. And the, the Hickory guy, chances are he works during the week. So he's going to have more of a tougher time getting his stuff back together for sure, the next week. Sure, If you take the crankshaft out of it, right? Where, that, where that, the cars deal, chances are they either got another motor or they got full time help. They're going to run it. They're going to have it at their engine builder on Sunday morning. But Josh you know? Berry has brought up some good things to me that I it made me think differently. Right? That said, he thinks people pick on him sometimes, and I think they do. Right? Because he's Josh Berry, and, and my intriguing part comes with that that. Like, is that a – I want to prove his theory because I think he's right. I actually thought he was wrong for a long time, and I believe – Car number when it comes through that tech shit. Uh, but, I'm not, uh, but I'm not seeing too. that. I watched the race, uh, and, and I and judge a lot of it off of that. I mean, I tore Josh Berry stuff 100%. Apart a lot uh, right. at Hickory. Right. But the bottom line is he was dominating, and he was, and winning. He was winning. Right. And it comes back to the guy that finishes second. I want him to know that he got beat legit. Now – but you can't run him out of business. But you doing can't it. run him out of business. Yeah. And I, you know, we didn't tear Josh Berry's stuff all the way to the ground every week. Sure. But uh, it got rolled underneath of every week. Sure. Or, and and it got the heads took off of it. You know, periodically, probably every three or four. How much does that play? Wins. Each one of you. How much? I kind of know your thoughts on it, Lightning. How much does that play of what people what people are gonna have to spend? How far you go with knowing what? Pe- and I'm not saying it doesn't matter what person it is or what whatever when the checkered flag falls and lightning says i'm gonna do tech today how far do you think in your mind because in a perfect world you tear every part on that thing apart and try to do it right but we know that's not the way it works so how do you process in your mind what you're gonna tech how far you're gonna go what you're gonna do well it was one racetrack i worked at i had to write down what i was gonna tear down 
before the race started. Sure. I didn't like that. I, I can understand. All right. Um, with Caraway, Southern National, Cars Tool, I can watch you race. And Joe Collins used to always say is if it's a good race, check your little something, send them on home. He said, man, lap to field, spend the night with him. And, I mean, that's kind of how you still got to look at it. Um, It's hard for me to look at the money part. I've got to look at did you dominate. The competition portion of it. Right. And I appreciate that. I I, I really do. I I appreciate that. Um, Now, do I think you need to pull the top five down every race? No. Um, Top three. And and if it was a domination, you're going to pull a little more on the first place card than you do. Second and third. Yeah, Josh Berry's smart. He ain't going to dominate. He's yeah. going to roll out there about four car lengths because he knows that's what you're going to do, and he's just going to ride. I know. I or he's going to start him. about third or fourth and just cruise on up in there, and about 20 to the end, he's going to crush him. And he puts on the show. Yeah, uh, right. And I just can't – I like that. That was the one thing that always baffled me because NASCAR used to have the random. How do you select it? Right. Uh Josh Berry's smart enough to, you know, he's got to put on a show. That's one thing he talked about when he was on. Yeah, he knows. And, you know, and, and a guy who helps put put on the show, you're not going to be that hard on him. No. I mean, I mean no, he's ain't no respect. He deserves it. And, and, and we've all been around it. I, I think a lot of it's gut feel. I mean, you just. You That's just, why Bushy's head hit the table when I said 99% of the time when the part gets put in your hand, you know whether it's right or wrong <laughs> because it is gut feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you kind of you kind of pretty well know yeah. on some instances where you need to go with things. Especially now, it's like the deal with the valve job when they come out and specify that on the Harrington motor. You know, the more you the more we take apart and more we put our fingers on and measure and stuff like that. Learn more, every time. You learn every time, even at the Thanksgiving race, me and, me and Lightning – did a uh, heads and camshaft on two, two Harrington motors built by the same guy, you know. So I mean, speaking is, of that, you know, clarification. Yeah. Do you think that that was something that was running rampant something, with a lot of? It was something that happened somewhere enough for it to be an issue. Well, I mean, I know it happened at Hickory. Well, yeah, we knew it happened. That, Hickory exposed it, didn't they? The they were the yeah. one that originally found yeah, it. Yeah, Tony Wilson at Hickory is the one that yeah. found that. So, but, do you guys? Any of you guys think that that was happening? You know, a lot other places. I mean, you, you probably got to put your hands on more of them than anybody. Yeah, he's probably uh, got his hands on I, I talked with an engine builder, I don't know, a couple months ago, and he told me he had to buy nine sets of heads. So. Because of this. Was this the same engine builder that got thrown out at Hickory? No. No. The one at Hickory. That was Tom's stuff, right? <laughs> gotcha. Um, Bushy. Yes. Uh, one, one one question for you specifically, um, because you are on the other side of it still with uh, yeah. with Jonathan. Um, you know, with him racing, you're a low budget guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're not making a million dollars unless Diaz pay doesn't went up, yeah. and I doubt yeah. it. Um, He's a Jew too, Diaz. He don't pay you half of what you're worth. <laughs> a quarter. Um, I want to call him out. But uh, other than money, what what would help you to help him move up? That probably being the biggest thing. Sure. And uh, But it's something that, that you're probably going to see a little bit more of. The people that know me probably have learned that they can trust me now on the tech side that I'll, I'm going to call it straight down the middle on them. But I've got a lot, a lot of people that help us that are other racers, right. companies, you know, just like with Roger and engine builders and stuff like that. Uh, but that being the biggest thing is having the uh, – 
the access to to the people that I know through racing, through doing it so long. That that's mm-hmm. has got us to as far as we have. You know, we probably would be a little further along if I had more sponsorship or, right. or more of my own money. But the the backing I have from fellow racers and and the uh, people, you know, the businesses, the racing businesses, and stuff like that. That's probably got us, you know, to where we're we're probably going to try to do a lot more limited races and stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Without that, we probably wouldn't have been able to do it. You know, just right. like we run our engine the last race and we found there was a problem with it and we need to get it fixed. And uh, John West stepped up and said that we could use our one of his engines until we got ours fixed nice. before we blew it all, you know, to pieces. Yeah. Does that change how I tech anything that they've ever seen? No, because... And, and they don't expect that either. No, and it's like I say, when the car rolls through that tech door, it's a car number to me. Right, right. You know, it, it, it don't have nothing to do with who does what. Is there anything within, you know, the direction in which, you know, we need to go with rules and, and cost savings that would help you get him to the next level? Basically, just, you know, the biggest thing that hurts me is having the money to get the tech, to, to stay ahead on the technology side to get yep. to where, you know, just like now I've got a, I've got a, buy a, a spring smasher, a shot, you know, because I run a coilover car, so I got to have it. That's, you know, I'm talking with somebody on making one, the average person that can maybe afford a 1000 to $1,500 unit. Everything I price is 2000 to $5,000, you know, and right. I just, the average short track budget racer in like a Charger class or a limited late model class, the low end guys, they, they can't afford it. So if... If something along that the lines that with the equipment that would help, you know, to get the prices down where some of these, you know, budget guys like us can afford it, yeah. Right. As far as the rules, we are not to that level yet, really. Uh, we get a lot of stuff that the late model guys take off. Uh, the deal with the spindles, if it ever come down, I can afford the three hundred and fifty dollar spindle. Yeah. If it ever come down to where everybody was running a thousand dollar spindle. We, we wouldn't be able to do it. I would have to keep racing what I had and just right. improve on it the best I could. Uh, one, one question for you specifically, um, Scott. If you were still the tech guy at Hickory, and given the discussion tonight and him talking about, you know, the spindle that was outlawed, you know, was actually a cheaper one than the one that is allowed, how would you enforce that rule at Hickory? Shoot, that's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. But, but the reality, you know, Kenny tried to get everybody on the same page. Right. The reality is, is it everybody you would, don't you would go by the, uh, I would go by the NASCAR rule. Right. And if somebody showed up with some, I mean, the reality is you ain't going to send them home. You'd right. put a, I'd put a, a weight penalty or something on them for something that's outside the NASCAR rule. I, uh, I respect Kenny Hundley more than I have ever before, and I don't mm-hmm. mean this bad. I, I mean it, no, I mean it great from the standpoint of, I don't think people realized the, or at least I didn't realize how much you tried to educate people to make it better. Realized because a lot of those things that you were doing was in those small inner circles mm-hmm. that I don't think the mass mob out here that's standing with fire and pitchforks. I don't think they got to see that as happening, and I I, I respect that fully. I, I it, I'm sad that you couldn't get the participation that you wanted, or that should have happened. But I that exponentially blows my mind of how you would try to educate the people better and people would just choose not to take part in it. At a racetrack, as an organization, wouldn't make that a mandatory thing that it's 
under the NASCAR banner that they wouldn't wouldn't follow. And that that I I respect that greatly. Just trying to make it better. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't know anything about you know the whole program of trying to get you know the education and and I mean I think here in this region specifically I think we definitely need something like that where everybody's on the same page and I, mm-hmm. and. I'm not saying online wouldn't work, but I think in person would work a whole lot better. If you could oh, sure get them it would. There. But, you know, you have to start somewhere. No, I, right. right. And, yeah. and that was quick and easy. I, I like didn't. the online deal, too, plus if they work, because almost right. everybody works mm-hmm. a normal job, right, at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Right. You you cook dinner, everybody's hanging around mm-hmm. before they go to bed, or your kids go to bed and you're an official, like you were talking about with your grandkids. Hey, I, I need to watch these two videos mm-hmm. for an hour or 30 minutes instead of turning on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I... I fire up my computer and I I turn up that that's a win. That's just being better at your job, being better at you know things that I I never knew that existed. And I have to apologize for some of the bad things I've said about you. I don't take them back, <laughs> but I will apologize for some of the bad things. No, wow. I'm just kidding. It, don't just make, it doesn't bother me at all. I'm just teasing. Wow. Uh, Greg Marlowe said he missed why the other spindle is legal. <laughs> I love Greg. You know why? Greg Hold is on. all Greg, about But wait, tonight. Greg's the fingernail guy. That's what everybody needs to realize. Greg Greg is the guy that is a, enough of a tradesman and enough of a craftsman and good enough at his craft that he can run his fingernail over it yep. and tell you, yeah. boy, that ain't right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Yep, uh, you won. I mean, he's just that good. And Greg's one of them guys that you can – you can picture him, and you can still hear his voice. You can hear him talking. There's some people that you know. Right. You mm-hmm. can picture something, and you could hear him saying it when he, you know, he's saying 100%. it. Hundred percent. That's him. Right. That's Greg. Right. Um, he, and just to clarify why that's legal f- for uh, Greg, uh, give us your explanation again, uh, Lightning, about it being three piece instead of one piece. That's the whole thing. The way the rules wrote, if it's a one piece, it's wrong. So it's, as long as it's billet. No, it's got to be drop forged. <laughs> okay, so who's going to make sure that they're drop forged? Is what Greg uh, wants to know. Don't have no idea. That's why uh, car stool. There's no need to touch something that's don't went too what far. What is the three pieces? The steering arm, the spindle shaft, and then the center. That's three pieces. Okay, so the steering arm's welded on. But it can be welded on, bolted on. See, it's, well, I mean, a brake bracket would consider be another piece, wouldn't it? Right, and that's where I, that's where everybody's confused as to how far down the rabbit hole this deal's going to go, and that's what Greg's alluding to. Well, these spindles has got to go. We asked to see pictures <laughs> these of what's is the death of the world. Of they, what? Sent, <laughs> they sent us pictures of stuff that was illegal. We but want you want to see what's approved, right? You would like to right. see. You 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 would like to see what we're saying is okay instead of what we're we're saying is not okay. Right, and if it's only a few cars that's got this other spindle, there's still a rule at the front of that book that says readily available to everyone. Yeah. So that something else needs to be looked at. Well, I didn't. Well, I I didn't. Where is this rule? I've studied that thing pretty substantially. Greg threw it in the trash. Yeah, Greg throws <laughs> it in rule books in the trash, so I don't get to see him. But yeah, you know, if it's not readily available for everyone, then it's not supposed to be in there. Does that mean over the counter? No. Nope. It has to be over the counter? It, like, I, if I wanted something he's got, if I could come and buy it from him for my car, that's fine. But if you can only, certain ones can get this piece, then it's not readily available. Uh Marlo chiming in again, and I guess this is a really good <laughs> We're question. We're having him on the show. Why ain't he here? I don't know, Greg. He was here earlier today. I don't know why he didn't just stay and stay He was stay in the on. back hanging out with laser cut parts. He, he's um, helping me out. 
but I'll I'll give this question to uh, you, Scott, and uh, you, Bushy. Um, he he said if he cuts his steering off, his steering arm off, and welded, he's ready to go. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, he can do that because I'm gonna be I'm gonna be out. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be at the go kart track you with are, the grandkids, if, so I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> but but what I'm asking is, is if you're the tech guy, let's say uh-huh. you go back to Hickory and you're the tech guy, okay? And he does no, that. Let's ask Lady. How? He's the tech guy. But, but originally. He, he, it's his is legal. It doesn't matter. So he, at Hickory, not, okay. If you're there, or or you Bushy, either one. Yeah, let's take Bushy because we can pick on him because he's here. If he comes to Southern National and you're enforcing the rule. And he cuts the steering arm off, and he welds it back on. Is he good? Let it eat. He by the rule, he's good. <laughs> let it eat. Right. I, I don't mean that. Right. Like that's why I can't believe everybody's making a big deal out of this. So, so by the rules, we can do this. So basically, Josh Berry established that all you got to do is cut it and weld it, and you're good. No, I, I think yeah. It can't yes. be billet. Yeah, it can't, be, it can't be. It can't be. It has to be drop forged. <laughs> So, so I'm, what, inter- so what I'm if interested just... as to how we're going to figure that out because I'm going to put him in a sandblaster <laughs> or do something <laughs> crazy with him so that I get the texture that looks like we forged these things or machine them another way, and nobody will ever be able to tell it. So instead of cutting it off, why don't just run a beater weld around? That's what I said. <laughs> that's, that that yeah, Josh Berry said, cut it. cut it off. I said, no, 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 there's no reason for that. Just we just burn a weld around there. Makes it look like it's been And then off. Kevin Piercy called me Monday morning pissed, <laughs> pissed, because he told me what? Well, I guess we'll have to cut them spindle arms off. I said, that's going to make people happy, right? Like, as soon as you tell Zach Brunninger that you're running his spindle through the bandsaw, he's already freaked out of his mind. It don't take much Uh, to get him that way. Kevin's going to be calling me tomorrow. Oh, for sure. Oh, I guarantee I guarantee I mean, probably when you leave. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably – my phone will ring here in a minute. I mean, he's trying to do his best, too. I don't don't disagree with that, but I I do think that – and Greg brings up an interesting point, right? Like, there's a difference between we used to do so many things in the old days to cover up the work we did. Because if it looked a certain way or it felt a certain way or it measured a certain way or it – like, Chad Knauss would not have a job if he didn't figure out ways that he used to cheat. That that X measurement that them dudes come up with was the greatest thing ever for that dude because he just figured out ways to beat it, right? I mean – Give me more rules, cause then I figure out ways to beat them, and I. I it, put, it puts others in the box, and he's going to. He's right because yeah. he figures it out ways to expand one them. out of the right. way, one out of the way, and puts them in a the box so he can beat the rest of them. So I just want Lightning to establish that he really doesn't believe, because I want this for all my limited guys out there. No, I have a lot of them. I have a lot of limited guys that look up to the Cars Tour, and, and they're starting. I'm worried about them because they're calling me in large numbers. Wanting to spend two or three thousand dollars that they don't have because they think it's going to be such a huge performance advantage, and I want people that understand and have done the testing, and it's not Roger trying to not sell me something or sell me something to realize that you don't have to have a two thousand dollar set of spindles to go to Hickory and run limited and win. No, I'm not saying that. I I just don't see this huge. I spent more time on the seven post at TRD than any human being possibly should. And I'm telling you, I just don't believe that this crazy deflection is there. It's not. And, and I, I, that's why I didn't do any of these. And I'm not justifying myself. I'm just saying that Gibbs has spent, Greg Marlow can chime in on this right here, right? Because I know he knows this one. Joe Gibbs has spent 
almost a, just shy of a million dollars on one spindle. It's completely set up with all their load cells in it. They use it for testing. It's absolutely ridiculous. There's no way at Hickory that we're getting so much deflection on the spindle pin that we need to put this huge machined piece in there. It's just not, I think it's overkill for what we're doing. We're not at Atlanta. We're At Bristol, I'll give it to you. At Bristol, I would give it to you. I think at Bristol, there's probably an advantage there. I think at Martinsville, there's an advantage there, only for the brake issue. But I just don't understand why all of a sudden we got to make everything crazy, super, triple throwdown aircraft. And the bad part is I don't worry about the top. I don't worry about the guys that run the car store because they can afford the 2000 I worry about the little guy that can barely afford the 250 to race at Hickory on used tires or race with Bushy on used tires or do, you know what I mean? Do whatever. And now he believes that he can't compete unless he has those spindles. And that's what I want people to understand. I don't think that we can make them not believe that. But um, the easiest way to, it, it, it's, I hadn't seen where it affected the outcome of races. Riggs won Kingsport. He didn't have them. Right. Uh, yeah. Deke won Orange County. He didn't yeah. have them. Uh, Greg Marlowe chimed in uh, on the spindles, and God, I hope this is the last thing we talk about the spindles. Me too. He said that he ran both spindles back to back with no gain. And no gain. He so. is correct. That that's the end of the spindle conversation. I um, hope so. Here here is uh, final question. We've got about eight minutes to go here. Uh, final question is: Let's say you guys are the guy, and there's no restrictions. Uh, I'm gonna. Yes. I, I think I I'm gonna. This. I think I'm gonna go. I can't to, wait for Bushy's. I think I'm gonna go to Bushy first. He's a racer, so you know. So he's... we want to know if you're the guy. There's no restrictions. What are you doing to fix the problems in late model stock rules? Car store rules. Yep. Car store rules. He said it right here. There you go. I, I, can, you I can't. I can't. Can't do NASCAR. Because you're saying that car store rules are better because they're unified. That's right. Because they're unified. So it's not necessarily about the rule. It's about the unification right. and everybody knowing what to follow. That's I appreciate right. that. No. Right. No, if I had to do it, that's that's where I'd go with it. I did it. I was part of it. I know knowing I, what I, you I, did. I know how the machine works. It's just a shock wise whatever. Do I think it needs to grow and get out of hand where you can't you know, where it's only a select group of people that can run it? No. I think you gotta keep it where everybody did comes to a local racetrack thinks they can come race with them. Right. So. All right, Kenny, you. If I was king of the world and could drop yep. the hammer, yep. Yep. I would – rules are stopped right here. This is it. We're going to run them for five years. No changes. We're going to change Hell the yeah. – We're going to change the date, and that's it. We're not going to change anything. And then I would pull – you know, watch, police, dyno engines, whatever, to make sure that we're staying – Yep. Staying in line. Rules cost money. Absolutely. A rule change costs money, period. If it's to save money, it still costs money. And let's clarify, you're not saying that there won't be adjustments over the five-year period of time as things come up and as innovation happens. You're just saying that this is our standard, and we may modify them two degrees off one way or we see something that may happen here or other effects outside may affect it that we have to change it. But what you would say is, I would like this current rules package to be thought of as going on exponentially mm -hmm. in time until we were forced to change them. Right. I want, you know, 
the car you build needs to be good for five or ten years. The, the right. engines need to be good for five or ten years. They need to. It's got to stop. It, you know, if it doesn't stop, it's going to be. Everybody's going to be priced plumb out of the business. Hundred percent. Maybe an eight-inch tire too. Yes, I, I like. That. I say that. Me. I'm. I'm all about when that. we when Langley and Roger do their crazy. We're going to buy a racetrack and start running races. We're running on eight-inch tire. Then we won't 100%. have to worry about the engines. I agree. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, that's the, that's I South think that was the greatest thing. I love that. Right. Eight-inch tire is where it's yeah, at. Yeah, Southside has All the best All the motor you can put under it and only eight-inch Yeah, because then we got to see them drive. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, Lightning, you're up. What are you doing? He is uh, king of the world. What are you, what are you asking him for? Well, I mean, car, if they would follow he, my He's king of what you're telling him to do. He would be the king of the world. Right. Car Stool has got the best package at this point in time. 100%. Um, the car store needs to put a freeze on the engine. Yeah, aren't you guys kind of already in the process of yes. that? That's what I thought. Of the point of, yes, we may have to make adjustments. Sure, like no adjustments. more major part yeah. changes. No That's, more upgrades. Right, upgrades. Upgrades killed us. Yeah, we put a lot of people out of racing with I upgrades. Agree. That's right. That that's the biggest thing I think would fix some of it right now. Well, let me let me ask the question. Just for my own curiosity. Kenny Hunley taking over the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Do did, it. Did that spec motor and and this deal, all this engine deal, did that bring any cars to the racetrack? Neither Honest one bought no cars. Did, huh? Neither one. The spec motor or the Harrington. It's just people went. And, and spent money? Yeah. That's just. That's it. Right. I. I that's right. Nobody came to it because they're like, this is a great option. I'll be able to yeah. run this for five years. It was the people all in the machine that said, oh, damn, that's what we got to have. If anything else, a lot of teams left because of the options. 100%. Mm-hmm. No doubt but about when that. We, when we dynoed this in the car store, dynoed the first hand. Oh, yeah. And did they or did they not get the wool pulled over the ass? Yeah, they we did. did. Shady to shade. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you know. I um, well, Lightning's done his homework. I like him. <laughs> you want to elaborate gonna become, on that a little bit? Well, the first one rolled out that everybody said it was the perfect thing, and it wouldn't even get out of its own way. It wasn't close, was it? it, was, no. it was <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. Imagine that. It came out of a it's car a, that was somebody that's been chiming in on here a lot tonight. So. It's about 50 Marvel. horsepower off. <laughs> it was nice. 40 to 50 horsepower off. Yeah. So. Wow. All right, Scott, you, you get the you know last answer. You, you've had more time to think about it, so we expect right. you to have the best answer. Well, I don't know about that, but I don't I wish there was one answer, right? But uh, I, I agree that they need to lock in a set of rules for for at least five years, and especially on the engine side, yeah. you got to get to this. Here's the cup. I mean, it, it was great back in the day when there was just one engine, right? Uh, I, you know, you had you had a 350 carburetor on them years yeah. ago. Now I think the move to a 500 made better racing uh, because you did it. It got unfortunately where the 350 carburetor is almost single file racing. At all the racetracks, I felt like, but uh, we got to get lock in those uh, two to three engines, which I think NASCAR's headed that way. Uh, but there again, if one of the engine builders are going to continue to work on them, yeah. so when one gets an advantage, you got to put a plate on them or something and reel them back yeah, in. But the chassis builders are too, right? So I don't like because I yeah. catch hell from all my motor builder buddies that say that I only. Right, chassis too. I, I think that too. I don't well, think they we said could. on here that you're the main problem. I am. Yeah, so. I am the problem, and I'll continue mm-hmm. to be the problem because that's how you know you're relevant. <laughs> if I, you're not the guy causing any problem, you're not relevant. I think Nobody one, cares. one thing in in late model stock car racing in general, and I 
spend too much time on this because this would be a whole other subject. But years ago, year, years ago, before Jeff Gordon come along, the short track racer, it was less expensive, and the short track racer felt like he had a chance to get the cup. You worked hard. But you raced hard. <laughs> you raced hard. You won races. You may be 35 years old before you got there, but That's if you right. were the man, right. wait, wait. you had a chance. I think it was the same price. Because cup didn't cost fourteen sixty, no. and I haven't well, been. In a, I, 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 I haven't agree. seen a cup budget in ten years, yeah. right? But when I but, worked at Cowells, our cup budget was sixteen million, sixteen million dollars, right? But, so my question is, late model stock, right? For Jeff Gordon, cost forty thousand. So in perpetuity, I think it continues to stay along the same scale as it's going. Would you agree, yeah. Bushy? We talked right. about it a little bit. You, Scott, for an example, when when I went to Hickory and watched a race. I saw the number 30, Art Herman Windows, Clinspore number 30 car winning races. Them same sponsors I've seen on a lot of cars, Grand and Bush Grand National, and some cup. And, you know, but, but now that it's was somebody we could pull for. Somebody right, sure. somebody goes uh, uh, and and tries to work hard and stuff, and unfortunately somebody with money can bypass all of that effort cost of entry. I, yeah. I think all of that's can, changing can, a little can, bit, though. Can, you look at Ryan Brees and uh, uh, Daniel Hemmerich. I mean, yeah. some, slowly. Somebody, I say no. Somebody's spending money to get them out. I say no. Yeah. I say it's not changing. No. I think NASCAR knows that they are in trouble. Well, they know they that it costs so much money that they're screwed. So now we're losing all of our fan base. What yeah. do we got to do? We got to say that somebody that's a broke dude made it. Oh, Daniel yeah. Hemrick, here you are. Oh, yeah, I'm RCR who took $25 million from Paul Menard that couldn't hit his ass with both hands, <laughs> right? I, yeah. And I love Paul. Paul and I are friends. But he couldn't not hit his ass. At, right, now he's never going to talk to me again. Yeah. But uh, uh, he, he, he could, it couldn't happen. So now you have the same people that were exposed – they create RCR was one of the and they were a customer of mine. They'll never be again. But they were we built all them cars for them Dylan boys. We did all that work, right? They bring us spindles. They bring us drawings. They did. Greg was intricate in that deal. And the interesting part is they were as big of the problem because they went out and did it and said, "Hey, pay us twenty million and we'll make this kid a Cup superstar." Yeah. Not nope, didn't happen. I love him. He got some, ran a lot of races, did a lot of things, but he still wasn't going to be a Cup superstar. So the problem is now, oh crap! Now we got nobody following this thing because the mm-hmm. racing sucks. Now we need to come out and say that we took all these broke people and we made, made them. them heroes. Well, you didn't. You you didn't. Hey, so William, and I'm not taking Mar- anything away from Daniel. That dude's worked his ass right. off. I'm not dogging him. He's been at every race in every shop working underneath to get his shot but that's not really the way it works at least not for long because in two years when they don't have any money and they haven't found anybody do you think that Richard Childress I just want for the people at home that are listening what would you do would you take the 25 million and take 3 million and get in your jet and helicopter to the airport to get in your plane to fly to Sonoma to watch the race or would you take the poor kid who had no money that you weren't going to be able to scam 10% off the top of and stick it right in your pocket, would you take him and be like, you know what, tear everything you want up. It's no problem. I got this. That's That's not going to happen. That's NASCAR's business model that's in trouble. But it's not NASCAR's business model. It's the teams that have tried to figure out ways to make money inside of it because they Mm -hmm. weren't strong enough to make money through the racing portion of it. So now we got to monetize 
making people pay to drive, which has become the new normal. Right. Sorry, that, that deal that just makes the, me mad. Got what's his name? That watermelon farmer there, and it got in that car and drove it just you know in one races with it. And I, I'm not saying that people that have money aren't good racers. That's not what I'm meaning. I just don't think I think I, I, how fast I, you want to go. That's uh, it. What, uh, William Byron and was racing at the same time Josh was at sure. Dickery. Yep, running both. Look at Motorsport. Who won? Li- r- right. Who won? <laughs> Who won? Who at won? the end of the day, right. the one with you know. No, he didn't I, win. The, the, he didn't win. He spent fifteen million dollars. Well, and I was he's getting, ready, I was getting ready to say, what, what's the difference right. between Josh Berry and William Byron? Uh, and no, no disrespect to William Byron, he was one of the mm-hmm. nicest, most respectable people to come through the tech shed. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, and I appreciate great kid. that great kid. But the difference between Josh Berry and and, and William Byron's eight million to fifteen million. Correct, hundred percent. Right. That's the difference. Hundred percent. All right, well, we got to wrap this up. Any uh, parting, you know, shots, you guys? I'm glad y'all came. Here? Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Been a great show. We're gonna get lightning on more times. <laughs> I I, just, I, uh, he might become a staple of the show. <laughs> Co-host. Yeah. No, for sure. I, 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 I want you guys to know that he's I, getting fired tomorrow. So. No, he's not getting fired <laughs> tomorrow. I, I, I appreciate every one of you coming here and at least telling. I don't think people realize all the, the, sh- and I'll get yelled at again, but all the shit you guys eat for nothing because you love the sport. If I can bring nothing else to this deal. And Langley and I have talked about it a bunch of times. If I can get people to think differently before they come and try to scream at lightning or they want to go at Bushy or they want to do whatever, I think that's a win. I just want people to think about, hey, this guy's not making 250000 sitting on this other side of the deal, and he's worked 120 hours this week, and 40 of them have been on the Cars Tour so that you can continue to come race. I want you to look at that with a little bit of appreciation. Yeah, right. Any parting thoughts? It's all got to work into the same direction all together at some point. We're all in this thing together, you know, even with doing Roger here with the race shop and me and Lightning on the tech side and Kenny and and Scott and then, you know, all the racers. We just we just got to pull together and make it work, you know. Anything? Anybody I just else? appreciate somebody wanted to hear my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I finally got to hear Kenny talk. I, we we found out a lot of interesting no, things. I, I appreciate some of the things. Exactly. Listen, between that bump stop deal, I got all new respect for you. Between the bump stop deal and the educational deal, I got all new respect for you. I think you should have let the bump stops on the rear. Just wanted to say that. But other than that, I think it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's never enough. enough. There's a lot of problems and stuff that they overcome. But still, there's nothing better than track racing. I want people to reach out to you guys, too. I I mean this. Reach out to them. Find them on social. Find them on whatever. Reach out to them. Ask them questions. They've seen this machine go around a couple different times, and they could probably save you a couple grand by calling them and asking them, hey, what we should do? What's your opinion on this? You, you know what I mean? Call your local racetrack. Ask them what you want to do. If you don't get the answer you want, call one of these dudes. Ask them where you should be, what you should do. Right. Now that I know there's a scrap pile here, you'll find me here a lot of the time. Yeah, we got, a, <laughs> we got a big scrap pile in the back. You can do it. Yes, sir. All right, well, that's going to do it for tonight's uh, Race 22 Radio. I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, joining us, and I appreciate everybody listening. And uh, we'll be back here next Monday night with another thrilling show, I hope. I'll stay a week or two. I'll stay the summer through. But I am telling you, I must be.